Mike Schmidt, 40-year-old boy podcast. Look, there's there's uh, there's a good chance I may go off the rails at some point in this show because I don't I don't have any control of my faculties anymore. Uh, because when the show started, I was fine. I've been sitting here waiting to do this show. I won't lie to you. I've been sitting here at the microphone, champing at the bit, waiting to talk to you guys and bring you all the entertainment you're used to getting on a Thursday afternoon slash Friday morning or whatever the fuck I decide to bring this to you guys these days. Uh, but then I'm sitting here and all of a sudden I just I, look. I won't. I look. I have to tell you just in case in case things go terribly wrong and you hear it, you're just like, what the fuck's wrong? with Mike um I just I just took a blow to the head like seconds ago right when I was starting this goddamn show all of a sudden I got cranked on in the I got sculled that's what I'm gonna go I'm gonna use it right now I'm gonna tell you I got sculled uh we're coming to you live we're coming at you live we're coming uh, coming to you from a a new location you know because this show look we're trying to jazz it up folks it's it's year 12 I don't have a fucking cousin Oliver I can bring in here so we got to go to different locations and bring you the show from different rooms uh maybe I do that at my apartment once we're in the bedroom once we're you know, well actually we tried to go on location for a couple of years and that broke bad honestly I would do naked shows for my girlfriend's bed and everybody's like wow that's fucking weird weirdo and then they stopped listening to the show and here we are year 12 i persisted i i hammered through i was doing fucking naked shows in my ex-girlfriend's bed for you guys and i lost all of you and now i'm still here fucking doing it now i'm, I'm wearing clothes today certainly but i do I, I think i'm bleeding i could be bleeding off the top of my fucking skull i'm not sure i might have to check i might have to call a physician is there a show physician is there a podcasting physician in the house i don't think there is uh all right so here's the thing folks we are Oftentimes, there are listeners to the show who are special people, good friends, lovely people who reach out and they're like, hey, Mike, uh, I'm going to be in town. Want to drive me somewhere? And I'm like, well, that doesn't seem like what you would ask a fucking star. I mean, I'm the fucking talent. It seems kind of strange that you'd reach out and be like, hey, uh, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, nothing. I'm cool. Did you want to have like lunch or something? Nah, I just need a lift to the convenience store to get something to drink. Could you do that while I'm in town? Uh, and I and I do it because I what else am I going to do? Connect with people in a normal way? Nah, that's never fucking happening. I just saw somebody today bitching. They're like, uh, how do you meet people if you don't do online dating anymore? And uh, and people are like, I don't know. You go out and meet them somewhere. And I just thought. No, you don't. You don't ever go out and meet anybody ever anymore. Nobody wants to go out anywhere and meet anybody. You ever meet people? That's fucking terrible, right? Who the fuck wants to meet anybody? I met people today and I was just like, get the fuck away from me. Not interested. Uh, but I, so we're, we're here doing the show in a, in a uh, remote conclu- location, a secret location, if you will. Um, my good friend, Michelle, who I've talked to about on this show, who was with me when I had a, uh, uh, a legume meltdown, if you will. And I was angry at a salad. I got furious at a fucking salad and she was sitting directly across from me patiently uh, dealing with it and being very nice. Well, she's come to town off and on because she comes to town for business and things like that. And uh, and oftentimes I will pick her up at the airport because again, I, I need 20 bucks like the next fucking guy because I'm a fucking failure as we heard about on last week's show. Remember last week's show when I was telling you there was going to be a Hail Mary and there was, might be a check coming and all this other stuff? Yeah. Still in a bit of a holding pattern, folks. Still still orbiting, still wondering what the fuck's going to happen. And here's the best part of it. Like I, 
look, we talked last week and I'm like, you know what? I can't, I can't waste this opportunity. I can't wait to build the base of the pyramid with this Hail Mary once it lands. Uh, but the thing is I'm waiting for it to land. So in my head, they, they were like, Hey man, it, it went out on the, the fucking what the, the fourth or whatever. And they said, so if it's not there by the 20th, let us know. Well, in my mind, I'm like, well, if it got sent out on the fourth, there's no way it's going to be any later than like this week. And then, uh, and so I did exactly the thing I said I wasn't going to do. I'm like sitting back and I was like, all right, well, I'll wait till this thing gets here and then we can, all right, then we start life. Let's do it, man. Uh, and, and then sure enough, folks, um, if this Hail Mary is in the air, I'm sure it's still in the air. I haven't been notified that it isn't arriving. Uh, but the thing that I referred to last weekend is the Hail Mary. Last week, I should say, is not uh, has not arrived. It's still, I'm still in the end zone. I'm still surrounded by defenders who were clutching and grabbing at my jersey, trying to tear me down into the turf and break up this touchdown that could change the face of the game. Uh, so we're still waiting on it, but it has not arrived yet. Perhaps it's still in the air. Perhaps my quarterback is still scrambling behind enemy lines. I hope he does not overstep the line of scrimmage and have this all called back. I don't want to see any yellow flags. All I want to see is a ball nestling into my arms and I'll cradle it and fall to the ground in the fetal position and go, ha ha ha. I bought myself another fucking month because that's all it's about now. Bo- I'll tell you, I'm 52 years old and I just got to buy myself another month. That's it. We're just looking, we're just moving incrementally. I used to, and I, I, but I'll tell you what, this Hail Mary, that buys me another month, which is fantastic. Uh, Because last week, you remember, I wanted to buy myself another day. I'm like, oh my God, I got to buy me another day. Let's get that check from State Farm. Let's get somebody hand me five cents. Anybody give me a dollar. I'm now, I, I mean, I, I don't want to be homeless. That doesn't make sense, right? I shouldn't be homeless. I mean, you guys wouldn't let me be homeless, right? <laughs> Uh, no, look, look at the way I roped you guys in here. None of you guys would let me be homeless, would you? Immediately, you would go ahead and let me stay at your place. Uh, and I know that some of you are lovely and you say that you would. But regardless, anyway, we have hope this week. Last week, again, we had hope. We still have hope because we have not. I mean, the Hail Mary, while it may not have arrived, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it's still in the air. It's still en route. So there's still hope. Until I've been told no or until it hasn't arrived, then we still... Uh, we're still ready to fucking tackle this thing. And that's cool. So Michelle's in town and she, uh, she's like, Hey, you know, uh, what I do is she'll come to town and then she works and I pick her up at the airport and then I'll take her. We'll go to lunch or dinner or something like that. And that's totally fun. Um, case in point this evening, I picked her up in Burbank at the airport and uh, late it's, this is a late night record folks. I'm not going to lie to you. It's past midnight, which is when of course I do my best work. And when, when listeners who've been on planes and working all day, can't wait to pay attention to my fucking nonsense, fucking Michelle. Uh, this is not a joke. I'm, I'm in a hotel room. All right. I'm in Michelle's hotel room and I'm at a desk and I'm facing a wall that can't be more than 18 inches away from me. I mean, it's, it's, if I, I wish I could, re- could I, I, there, there you go. I can, that's not my head. It should have been my head. If I was close enough, I would have done my head, but that's me punching the wall. That's how close it is. Uh, and so that I've got, you know, microphone, I've got laptop all set up and I'm at this table and I've got this fucking wall looming over me with a lamp to my right. And, uh, where's Michelle, my supposed audience, the person who's going to listen to the show. Michelle's behind me in bed. Michelle is, she is under covers. She is, she is, I, I literally, she has a comforter up to her neck. And I, and I've been saying, look, I put this off. This is my fault. Cause I picked her up at like nine 30, but she, oh no, it was at nine o'clock. I think. And then she said, uh, she's like, Hey, I'm actually hungry. Did you want to get dinner? And I'm like, yeah, we can do that. And she's like, let's get, uh, cause there's a Chinese place or no, I'm sorry. Indian place. We like called Argo Blarg. Eh, that might be the name might not be, but, um, but we go, we call it Argo Blarg. And so whenever she comes to town, it's, it's. Uh, occasionally that's our stop as we go to Argo Blarg. So she's like, could you just get Argo Blarg to go and we'll take it back to the hotel room? And I said, sure, I can do that. So we called them up. And, uh, and by the way, when I say I could do that, I mean, I I placed the order and, uh, uh, the lovely Michelle, cause I don't want you guys, cause this is dudes. 
I told you last week, like my where I'm at and cash wise and all that kind of fucking stuff. So now anytime I tell you I bought something or I did something, I feel like I owe you this fucking weird explanation where I'm like, uh, yeah, no, I totally I, I it was weird. I had a hamburger. Um, I dug out all the change out of my car and it turned out I had just enough for a hamburger. OK, everybody like I need to get your your fucking approval. When in reality, if I want to buy a fucking hamburger, I'm going to buy a fucking hamburger. All right. Back the fuck off, man. Step off, Gigantor. If I want a fucking hamburger. Uh, I didn't have a hamburger, but she was like, let's get Indian food. And I said, of course. Uh, and then I, uh, because look, I'm a gentleman. I paid for it over the phone with my uh, card and she immediately Venmoed me the money after because I told her that I would be kicked into the street if she didn't. What a fucking failure. I wish that wasn't even true. I'm not even joking. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'll pay for that. She's like, well, if you want to just take my card, I go, no, I don't need your card. I got my cards in the phone. It's totally easy. And then I literally turned on the dome light in my car and I looked at her and I go, but I mean, you know, I'm really fucking broke at this point. I, I just wish. And she's like, don't worry about it. I got it. I said, all right, but I can do it like this. It's totally easy. She goes, well, I'll just Venmo you the money. And she goes, how much was it? I said, it was $44. Um, Michelle, big spender, sent me 45 and, uh, and gave me that extra buck. And, uh, and I, and I felt, and I look, I don't feel good about this. I feel quite frankly, I feel terrible. I won't lie. I feel terrible about being, uh, handout Nelson. I don't want to be that fucking guy. Who's just like, oh yeah, it's uh, could you just pay for my Indian food, please? What a fucking, and what a weird thing. There are homeless people in the street who are like, I need a comb and a shower. I'm like, Hey, can you get me some lamb vindaloo? Is that possible? That's what I, that's, what I, that's what's going to be on my cardboard sign. When I'm at a fucking rest stop or I'm in the fucking freeway, I'm going to have a cardboard sign that just says any little bit of lamb vindaloo helps pull over, please. That's it. That's all I want. I want, I want something made in a clay pot. Could you do that for me? I don't look, I don't need anything that's like soap or anything like that. I need you to get me something with a, an Abu Galoob or whatever the fuck that thing we order is. Um, so she, she generously, then she said, I, you know, I got this and she wound up paying for the, the Indian food. And then we came here and we get into the, you know, we get into the room. Uh, she was supposed to wait for me in the lobby and she left, which was fucking weird, but that's fine. Go ahead and do what you got to do. Um, she's like, I'll wait for you in the lobby because I had to go park. I said, great. And I get in the lobby. There's nobody there. Just a bunch of, because also I'll tell you this, I'm carrying, uh, I'm carrying a, a bag of fucking, uh, chicken curry and a microphone. So I, I, I don't look that suspicious. Right. And then people are staring at me in the lobby. Like I came in to bomb the fucking joint. And then she texted me and she's like, I had to go upstairs. And I said, uh, fuck. So then I came upstairs and I, I came into her room and then we had a, just a fucking pile of Indian food, which is delicious. But now, uh, again, you know me, I don't like to eat before a show, but now I got a fucking, I, I got, uh, what do we get? Lamb, uh, lamb biryani. I got lamb biryani. I got Abu Galoob, Abu, which is, is, is it Abu Galoob? I think it's, no, it's actually, you know what? It is Abu Galoob and Lindy England had, she grabbed me by the balls and pointed at me while I ordered it. Oh, it was terrible. We just, I had that fucking Abu Galoob with Lindy England lighting a cigarette and give me the two thumbs up. Thanks. Um, and then we got, of course, a chicken curry and we got some crispies and we got a, like a, a cucumber raita and uh, it's delicious. It's just, it's Indian from, from Argo Bar. Go ahead and look it up. But we eat that. So then we eat that here in the room and then we sit here talking, you know, cause again, I don't, I don't get to see Michelle once every six weeks or whatever the fuck when she comes to town for business. So I'm like, how are you doing? What's going on for Thanksgiving? What's going on at your place? How's it going to be? And she's like, I'll tell you, here's, here's news you guys didn't know about uh, Michelle possibly moving in with her boyfriend. Check that out, guys. How about that? Look at that turn of events. And the weird thing is she and I talk about this every time I see her. Um, I remember when she told me she just met this dude. And now we're sitting here talking and she's like, yeah, you know, me and the boyfriend have been talking about moving in together. And I, uh, I, <laughs> I got this weird like disapproval thing inside of me where I was kind of like, 
Hmm, it seems a little early for this kind of thing, doesn't it? When in reality, she told me this a year ago, but I mean, I only see her once every, you know, every six weeks. So we've had, you know, 10 conversations or whatever the fuck since she told me. And for me, I'm just like, Jesus Christ, now you're already moving in with this goddamn guy. But it's been over a year for fuck's sake. Of course, she's moving in with this goddamn guy. Why shouldn't she be? And they're doing Thanksgiving together, which is going to be, first of all, they're talking about moving in together now, uh, and then they're going to do Thanksgiving together, and then all of that talk's going to go out the fucking window. They, they they will not be, they're not moving in together. They may never even get together ever again uh, because they're hosting 25 people for Thanksgiving. 25, dude, 25 fucking, that's, you know what that is? Get on a bus at like two o'clock in the afternoon and look around right there. That's Thanksgiving dinner. There's 25 fucking people just sitting right there. 25, dude, that's, that is a lot of people. And she said, she's like, we're making a turkey and, and he's, and we're making a ham and he's pushing for the the hosting thing. Like he's never hosted Thanksgiving, which also has red flags all over it to me. Like, I'm like, you're going to move in with a guy who's never hosted for Thanksgiving. Who is this guy? And then I realized like, cause Michelle is, Michelle's a lot younger than me, but she's, uh, I think cause she's all right. I'm, I'm like 15 years older than Michelle. I think I thought I was 20 years older than Michelle, but I was corrected today as we were talking. Um, and then get this, her boyfriend is 15 years younger than she is. So that that's, that's, uh, no wonder the guy hasn't hosted any Thanksgivings. He's 20 years old, for fuck's sake. The guy can barely drink. Matter of fact, he doesn't drink. He can't. Can't afford any liquor. He can't go buy it. That's the only reason he's dating Michelle. I'm calling it right now, Michelle. The only reason he wants to move in with you is so you'll buy his fucking white claws or whatever the fuck. Um, he could be 40. I've never, I don't know this fucking guy. I don't even know his name. I think I saw a picture of him on Facebook once. And I was like, it was the thing where, cause, uh, cause I'm with Michelle and we're talking and everything. And then I see the guy and I'm like, nah, this guy's not good enough for Michelle. Who the fuck does this guy think he is? Uh, I'm sure he's lovely and he's talented because Michelle, I've known Michelle now. God damn. Well, since the show started, I don't know if she, were you a never not funny person. No, I was three. Year three is when she burst down the scene. Uh, which was just in time for me to go on the road and do stuff. And then she actually came to Seattle to see me in Seattle um, with her then uh, boyfriend at the time, who was actually, I think he might still be a listener to this show too. I'm not going to say names and things like that, but he was a, he was a good guy. And, and uh, you know, I, and you know what happened? The two of them were going to host a Thanksgiving. Next thing I know, Michelle single. I saw that. This is, this is why I predict this. This is why I know this is going to fucking happen. Uh, don't have any holidays with your fucking significant others. Just or, or not even significant others. Or let's put it this way: wait until they're much more significant. Don't 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 just don't get married. Get a ring. You gotta you gotta put a ring on it if you're gonna host a fucking turkey day. That that's that's the bottom fucking line. You can't fucking be hoping that things are gonna go well when you guys are just like a couple because then it's all quiet. And then who's gonna do the dishes? And then somebody fucks up the turkey and you're like, oh, I can't fuck this guy anymore. He just ruined a turkey. <laughs> I, and I will tell you this, I've made two turkeys in my life and they were fucking stellar. So you can all still fuck me. How about that? Take that to the fucking bank. Um, but the second a guy fucks up poultry, you can't, you can't give him any more head, right? That's it. It's over. He's forfeited his right to anything. Any, any claims he might've had on your body or sex with you is gone. If this guy fucks up poultry, uh, which is why I then put it to you guys out there. Don't, uh, but stick to chicken and turkey. Don't try to get exotic. I try to make your lady a fucking quail because you fucked that quail up. That's it. You can't fuck anymore. It's over. That's the rules. It's in the dating handbook right there in the midst of poultry and fucking. It's a, you never got poultry and fucking. It's right when it came out of the joy of sex, poultry and fucking. It's right there. Uh, you have to go ahead and make the proper poultry because otherwise you don't get rights to a lady's uh, nether regions anymore. Jesus Christ. When was this book written in the fucking 1700s? A lady's nether regions. Um, 
So good for her. She's hosting Thanksgiving and I'm excited. So we wind up talking. We sit here and we talk until now, which is fucking midnight. It's 1220 or whatever the fuck now. And uh, and she's in bed with the fucking covers pulled up. And I mean, I there's a light on that shouldn't be on. And I, I made her turn the TV off because she was staring at that. And so to get this. So I even said to her, I go, hey, look, I'm going to turn the TV off. She's like, yeah, I was wondering about that. I go, well, I just don't want to shine it in my eyes. If you need it on, that's totally fine. She goes, ah, look, if I want to ignore you, I've got a phone. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, thanks. This was, by the way, after I spent 30 minutes telling her how, how hard it was to do a show. I'm like, ah, you know, it's I get a belly up to the fucking desk and I keep looking at I go to the microphone. And I walk up. Literally, I walk up to this microphone now and it's like a like a child with a hot stove where I hook up and I'm like, ah, ah, and I, I run away from it and I hide or like a, or like a dog who hears a weird noise or something. I don't know what the fuck it is, man. This used to be just the fucking thing where I flipped it open and just fucking rampaged. And now, man, the rampaging has ended. I'm just in a fucking rocking chair. It's fucking over. Uh, so she, she, she's probably on the phone now texting and texting her friends and going, what the fuck is that? Or maybe she's texting her boyfriend. Uh, that's gross. They're having weird sexts behind me. Don't have sexts behind me. I understand the way that works when you're in a hotel and you're with somebody who isn't your lover. Lover? What, what is wrong with me? Nether regions and lover? What the fuck do I become? I'm like this Miles Standish of weird sex language now. And why do I go pilgrim? Because it's Thanksgiving? Why the fuck does he come up? Jesus. Uh, all right. So, uh, she, she's back there on the phone and I, I'm bothering her. And I, 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 cause I even said that to her, I go, look, I don't want to fucking ruin your night. I already ruined, I, I'm like, I already ruined your night by her, making you, I'm dude, I'm the weirdest uh, like date ever where I'm like, ah, you don't have to pay for this food. It's ruining your night. And she's like, I know I'm starving. Like I want to get this food. Uh, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, as soon as I get this uh, hail Mary check, I'll Venmo you the money. She's like, Jesus Christ. Will you just eat Chinese food or Italian Indian food and shut the fuck up? Um, actually we did. We ate Chinese and then Italian and then Indian. That's why all of us are so fucking, we're so full right now. Oh my God. We went to three different places. Um, we went to Argo Blarg. We went to Argo Blarg Chan. <laughs> we went to, uh, uh, the Argo Blarg garden, uh, with the never ending breadsticks. Oh, so good. Um, so, so I, I said to her, you know, I mean, I, cause she, she was the one who she asked if I would do a show while she was in town. Cause she's been in town a bunch of times and never, and, and never brought it up. And, he, but, and again, so you know me and you know the way my brain works. Like, uh, all the other times she's come to town in my brain, I've gone, you know, how the, why the fuck has she never asked me to record a show while she's in town? That just seems weird. And, and then I go, ah, whatever the fuck. It doesn't matter. Cause I like hanging out with her, having dinner, talking all night, whatever the fuck she crashes. I take her to the airport. It's fun. But there was that nagging thing in my brain that went, well, obviously she doesn't fucking want me to record a show, which is weird as hell. I mean, I don't get that. All right, that's fine. Whatever. Eh, maybe she wants, eh, it's fine if she doesn't want me to. Okay. And then this time she's like, hey, you want to record a show? And I'm like, yeah, I, I guess I could do that. And now I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe she wants me to record a show. Um, I guess the point is I'm never happy, folks. I'm, I'm either the, I'm the fucking, hey man, I'm the talent. How do you fucking not ask me to record a show? Hey, can you record a show for me? Oh man, I got to do that now. I don't want to fucking work. Let's just have fucking Indian food, not off. Although she gets to do that. That's the thing. She, she can do that fucking plan. She can have Indian food, not off. Just let me shout it at this fucking wall. Fuck. Nobody's sleeping over there. Nobody's staying on this floor. Not anymore. Nobody's sleeping anymore. Uh, Cause I just fucking hit the wall. All right. Uh, they're going to come over here. I hope they do. God, I want them to. Um, oh, I think they hit the wall back. Also, but you know what? I got to be honest with you. Um, I'm so close to the wall. They can hear me. There's no fucking doubt. They can hear this, right? Uh, this was your plan. This is what you wanted me to do here in the, uh, I, I don't want to give the name of the, of the hotel, but I will say that if Mary was here, she ought to stay here. How about that? Uh, 
Uh, I don't want to give away exactly where it is, but I would say that if you went to the woods in the land, it would be, there would be some hills. All right. So that's where I'm at right now. I don't know why I'm telling you this because now, because here's the thing, you're going to find out exactly where this is and then you're going to look it up. And next time a shell's in town, someone's going to kill her and then I'm going to get fucking blamed. God damn you. Why? Uh, well, I'm Oh, Michelle, hopefully you won't die. All right. So, um, I, I'm now I'm laughing at this person next door. Like, like we think the three knocks are going to bother them. I'm literally shouting into their ear. I'm, I'm shouting through the fucking wall. Uh, just this fucking concussive wall of sound is, is banging through. All right. So, um, so Michelle and I are here and she wants to go to bed and I'm trying to hustle this up and get it through as fast as I can, even though she doesn't really want that. And she's being very nice and telling me she wants me to record, but who knows? I don't know if any of that is really true. And also I'll tell you this, uh, because you know, it's Tuesday. I'm like, I'm recording this on a fucking Tuesday night in her house, uh, or in her fucking hotel. And, um, and you know, the show has been, is it coin flip? Is it going to come out on a Wednesday night or a Thursday morning or a Friday? I mean, you know, it's been, we've been, and look, I'm still churning out product and I think it's good product, but at the same time, there isn't any real set time for it to come out. So, uh, I've, I've been a little, um, fried by that. And then when she asked me to record, I also, because I'm a weirdo in my brain, I, I, I thought maybe she was asking me to record because she was tired of getting the shows on Friday. So she wanted to make sure I had it done on time this week. Uh, like she was some weird podcast boss who came to town and, and wrangled me and thought she was that. And the thing is, cause again, you know me, uh, if you're doing that, then that's fine. I told, I can understand that a little bit, but at the same time I get mad because I think you think you're fooling me and you, you put one over on me. So I had to ask her in the car. I said, look, I got to ask. I, did you ask me to do this show because, uh, you wanted to make sure it was done on time this week. And she just looks at me like, I have, I, man, I don't have any idea what you're talking about. I said, well, the show comes out sometimes on Thursday night, sometimes on Friday. So I, you know, I just, I just, are you, does that frustrate you? And then you want to make sure that I get the show done on time. She's like, Mike, no, I, I just thought it would be fun to have you record because I've never seen you record before. And I, I'm just fucking haunted, man. I mean, I, I don't know. And how, how am I still this fucking haunted after 12 years of doing this show after fucking 13 years of podcasting? How can I still be in that vein of, yeah, I I don't know if anybody really wants this. It's just, it's so fucking strange. I can't, I can't explain it. I don't know why it lurks. Cause again, Michelle is a good friend in, in has supported the show for nine fucking years. Although I'll tell you this, um, when we're in the car and we're talking about, uh, the, the Indian food. And I said, yeah, I said, um, the hail Mary check hasn't arrived yet. And she's like, what are you talking about? I said, well, I mean, I talked on the show last week about the, you know, the hail Mary and, uh, and how I was going to be, you know, and she just goes, Oh, I must not have heard that show. And, uh, what the fuck, man? What are you, what are you doing with your life that you haven't listened to my show yet? Cause it, cause I will tell you this just before that in the conversation, uh, I said, how's it going? She goes, Oh man, I'm traveling all over. You know, I was in St. Louis for business. We were there for a couple of days and, uh, and now she's here. She's traveling. She goes, the only good thing about the traveling is I'm finally caught up on all of my podcasts. And I said, that's fantastic. And then I said, well, you heard about the Hail Mary check. And she's like, I don't know. I didn't hear that episode. And it's like, so and I, I looked at her and I went, so I'm out. I mean, obviously I'm not even in the fucking rotation anymore. She's like, oh, stop. And I go, no, no. Cause I mean, clearly you just told me you were done. She, and then here's my favorite thing. She said, she goes, oh man, I got to check that podcast app. It's been giving me trouble. Yeah. Oh, has it really? Has the podcast app been giving you trouble? <laughs> Please. Oh Christ. But I, you know, I love Michelle. I'm glad that she asked me to do this show. She's, she's very kind and, and. Now I'm shouting in a void and keeping her from going to sleep. So we'll do what we can to hopefully fucking, I don't know, f- 
finish this as quickly as possible so she can crash. Um, yeah, so so the Hail Mary check has not arrived yet. We're still trying to figure out what the fuck's going to happen there. Um, you know, I, I, I still have the mailing list thing that I told you guys about last week, right? That that thing's happening. That's a possibility. Uh, that's And by the way, I recognize also nobody's going to be listening to the show because you're all going to be very busy watching Disney+. Plus. That's what I keep hearing from everybody on every social media uh, fucking outlet in the world. I, I, I've never seen uh, so many adult children in my life have their lives completely run off the rails by the re-release of Cinderella. What the fuck is... I don't... And again, I'm, I know I like dumb things, all right? I like wrestling, and I like weird football and all that kind of shit. I get it, but you guys, you just fucking... The, the, the new Star Wars is out, and everybody's just... It's, and it's Christmas morning, and I shouldn't, I shouldn't care. I shouldn't be upset or sad about it at all, but I saw... Like, I saw a thing today. I was just telling Michelle, too. I saw a fucking a trailer for a new Harley Quinn cartoon and and it's a cartoon it's not even they're making a harley quinn movie with margot robbie but they're also making a harley quinn cartoon and and she's like and and this is the thing that drove me crazy about it was the ad i saw was they were like harley quinn a tv series unbelievable this might be the uh the most anti-kid thing dc has ever done because it's filled with swears and i'm like who what nine-year-old wrote this it's filled with swears what the could you what is that even I, I I don't understand why swearing or, or why does that upset the apple cart so much? But I guess because it's Harley Quinn. I don't fucking know, dude. And what do I know? I don't. Again, I like dumb things. I like wrestling and nonsense. And I like Batman. I mean, I'm excited about the I, I wasn't going to be. But now that they fucking with Paul Dano as the Riddler and Colin Farrell as the Penguin. Like, I'm like, all right, I'm on board. You got me. You fucking roped me in again. Um. But this Disney Plus, and then, by the way, Disney Plus is like, everybody's going crazy about it. Did you know that Apple released a streaming series? Like, like was that two weeks ago or a month ago? I don't even know. It could have been a year ago. I, all I know is I see all these commercials for all these shows that Apple is running. There's some show with Jennifer Aniston. Like, I, dude, I was shocked. It's like Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, who has like an Oscar, and Steve Carell. These, these are the three stars of this fucking show, and it's on... It's only on Apple, which I don't know if that means I can only watch it on my watch. I mean, I have no idea where to find it, but it's some stream, another streaming service that Apple has, but it's been destroyed already. Disney came along and just stomped their fucking guts out. And this is Apple who, along with Google and, and fucking everybody, they own an Amazon. They own the fucking world. Disney, Google, Amazon, and Apple. How did Apple fall so far behind with the streaming thing? I guess they decided to make eight shows or 10 shows or someone told me they have 10 shows and that's it. They don't have any back catalog. Like, Dude, if you're fucking Apple, shouldn't you be buying back catalog or just hiring more people to do more dumb shows? I, I don't, it just, you knew Disney was coming. They're the fucking big swinging dick, which probably is not the best way to describe the Disney channel. I would imagine the big swinging dicks. Um, but actually, you know what? They did find that. They got the Apple Dumpling Gang and the big swinging dicks. They found that. That was a movie from 1971. It was, it was actually about a jug band and they wouldn't go on the fucking road. It was great. Um, so I don't know. So I'm, I, I hope you're listening in, in between jerking off to the Mandalorian or whatever it is you're doing with your life. But you, you might not be, which is totally fine. That takes the heat off me for fuck's sake. And it's a holiday fucking time anyway. Nobody listens during the holidays. Yeah, that's a lie. Everybody listens even next week. Because I mean, there have been times on like Thanksgiving where the show uh, came out an hour later and everybody's like, what the, uh, is no show today? No show today? I'm like, eh, no, it's coming. I promise. Um, because you're all very nice and everybody keeps me honest and they're lovely. But I, uh, I, I you know, I'll be in town for Thanksgiving, so then I'll I'll do a show 
<laughs> why do I have to? Why do I have to assure you I'm doing a show? I have no idea. Um, but yeah, I. So here we are in a fucking hotel room waiting to get killed by the guy next door. I have a big weekend coming up. I have. Uh, <laughs> I have friends coming to town. All right, let me share this with you real quick. My friend, um, I don't know if you know this. I like uh, football. I like NFL football, and I like the Chicago Bears. That's a team that I enjoy. Well, they, the Chicago Bears, are going to be in town this weekend here in Los Angeles, and they're playing the Los Angeles Rams. So uh, if you don't know this, last year, Chicago Bears, were uh, they, they finished 12-4. and four. They won their division. And uh, they, 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 with a new coach and a new attitude and a new defense, and uh, they were just fucking up everybody, baby. They were ready to announce themselves as the new bad boy on the block in the NFC North, and I was fucking excited about it. 12-4, and four, won the division, eh, lost their first playoff game at home, of course, but, uh, but still... To win a game and uh, to win 12 games. And, and, you know, they had a young quarterback who everybody loved and was like, all right, well, you know what? He's a step. Well, and by the way, when I say everybody loved him, they didn't really. They gave him a chance. And last year he made the Pro Bowl. Uh, uh, granted, four guys had to die in a skiing accident for him to make it, but he still made it. And uh, and so coming into this year, the Bears made a bunch of moves in the offseason. They got new running backs. They were bringing in these new guys at the fucking receiver. And they uh, everybody was like so excited. And, uh, and I, I don't know if I, I I don't know if I covered the the first game of the year. They uh, I can't I literally can't remember if I spoke about it. But they they lost and they lost poorly. They lost at home on national TV to their greatest rival, and they only scored three points. It was a debacle. And I would talk to people, and the thing is with Chicago fans, Chicago fans are really quick to go. Uh, well, they suck. This sucks. It's over. You know, they they because people try to inure themselves from caring. Because uh, they don't want to be burned later in the season. So they want to get ahead of it. They especially, and you know what? Every fan base may be like this, but Chicago is the one I'm familiar with. And they try to do that. They try to get ahead of the hurt. So immediately they declare, oh, they suck. Obviously the Bears suck and this guy sucks and that's terrible. And, and that is exhausting. There, there is, there is the only, like, there's the only thing more exhausting when people are going, they suck or they're this or he's bad or they fucked up, or, you know, their their management sucks or why don't they do this? Because everybody's got a fucking idea of what they should do. They should run the ball more. They should do this. Shut up. You're a plumber. Shut the fuck up. But uh, but everybody has an opinion. Everybody says, well, they should do this. They should do that. But also everybody says they suck. Oh, my God, I can't believe they suck. Now, the only thing more tiresome than people saying they suck all the time is the people who try to explain to you <laughs> why uh, why you should have hope and you shouldn't give up right away. And I, I'm not one of those. I'm like, I try to just be, it, whatever it is, it is. It's just football. I, I don't, I can't anymore. You know, when I was a kid, maybe a bit different story. I'd get upset about it and I'd be worried. But now I can't. I, I, I invest too much and sometimes I'll wind up, I've, I've done shows where I invested too much and I cared too much and then they lost and you're like, fuck. And that was kind of what it was like the first week of this season where they lost on a home game to their greatest rival and only scored three points. And I, I tried to tell people, I was like, look, this is a disaster. And everybody's like, ah, it's just the first game of the season. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Here's why it's a disaster. Because last year they burst out of the scene and they won 12 games. And everybody's like, oh, man, what a surprise. Well, this year they came in having won 12 games last year and they needed to reestablish themselves as being for real and not just some fluky one-year wonder. And you lose game one at home and only score three points against your greatest rival. You hold a Hall of Fame quarterback to 10 fucking points and you lose. It's a disaster, man. It is a fucking complete collapse. 
And people were, and I, and you know, I didn't really beat it to death, but I, when I would talk to people, I would say, look, this is really bad. Like this is, and like I said, people would say, oh man, this is just one game, you know, they get, well, yeah, but yeah, now they're 0-1 in the division and they lost at home to the Packers who they'll have to play later in, it's just, it's just a mess. It's a mess. And, uh, under the guise of, well, this is just one game. You go forward. You think they're going to be better. Well, then they won their next three in a row. So I was like, all right, well, they're three and one and I can deal with that. Um, but then they've lost four in a row since then. And they, they finally won on Sunday. Whatever. The point is they stink. They're just, they're just fucking okay. But, uh, but before the season started, when it looked like they were going to be really good, uh, we, my friends and I, cause they're going to be here in, in Los Angeles. My friends and I were like, Hey, uh, we got to go. I, I even wrote the guys. I go, you're coming, right? We're doing this. Yes. And, and my friends were like, yeah, we're all doing it. So I, I have a bunch of dudes coming to town. And so, and by the way, I tell you that now, so you don't think that I bought a bears ticket when I don't have any money after last week telling you about the Hail Mary. That's why I explain everything to you. So you realize that we bought these tickets in fucking June. All right. When they came out, please don't think that I'm like, ah, you know what? I, I've, I've given up everything. I sold my computer to buy tickets to a bear game. It's not that fucking kind of thing. You know, I'm, Hey, I might be mooching Indian food off a fucking machine. Shell, but I mean, I paid for these tickets back in fucking June because uh, also, and also I, I won't lie. Part of me saying this is also, so she's behind me half asleep going, wait a minute, you bought a fucking football ticket and I just paid for Indian food. You fuck, which I don't want to be the case. Um, but you've had that happen. Like you've ever, that's why my buddy chip like won't loan money. He, he, and I don't blame him. He and I talked about it and he's just like, no, I don't, I don't loan anybody fucking money. I just don't because you wind up resenting anything that they fucking do. If, if, if someone owes you 500 bucks and then they tell you they went to a movie, you just automatically get your hackles up a little bit. Like you want to say, all right, well, I mean, that person's got to live their life. It's not like they got to go into the fucking salt mines until I get my 500 bucks. But at the same time, that person shouldn't come around you and go, Hey man, I saw this movie last night. And then we went to a concert and then we stopped for ice cream. And it's like, you motherfucker, you owe me half a thousand dollars. I'm not even gonna call it 500. That makes it sound like too small. You owe me half a thousand dollars, motherfucker. And you're going to see fucking the new Aladdin. What the fuck? Um, so I recognize that like when, when it's just, it's just a natural instinct when you hear if somebody owes you something or someone they, and then they do something for themselves, you just immediately get your hackles up. You're like, Jesus, that's fucking weird. I thought you didn't have any money. And that's look, it's a poison and it, it's, it's in all of us, but it shouldn't be because people should still be allowed to live their lives. Even if they owe some money to somebody, um, you know, and especially if it's your friend or somebody, you know, you don't want to be, you don't want to be like, Oh yeah, I, I, I don't want my friend to ever enjoy their life until they pay me back the money, which is why chip is just like, I don't give anybody any money. Cause I don't ever want to have that feeling. I don't ever want to have to look at my friend and go, why the fuck are you having a sandwich? Um, and that makes total sense at least to me. So I, so Michelle, I bought this ticket in June is my point. I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't like I was shopping. Why? You know what? I gotta be honest. When you went and picked up the Indian food, I actually went to StubHub and bought myself a bear's ticket. I was in the car. I took out my phone and did that. I was like, ha ha, look at me saving money. Uh, I just got $24 with a fucking uh, Argo blog for free. Um, so, uh, so my friends are coming out here this weekend and, uh, and it's, it's some members of the UN of evil. Our buddy Max is not coming, but it's, uh, evil. Dennis will be here. Big guy. will be here. Jimmy. O, Woj. Um, you know, those are the guys from the UN of evil. Uh, and then our friend Eric is coming as well. 
Um, and so, you know, they're going to be here. They get here Friday, and then they're here through, I think they all leave Monday or something like that. So, um, you know, they're, they're coming to L.A. And I think I've talked about this before. We're like, you know, we all got together in Arizona for spring training. Um, they're coming out here to Los Angeles. And um, I, we make plans for them to come here in L.A. Now, look, I know you look, get ready to laugh at me. I get it. But uh, but you know me and you fucking know me. My friends are coming here this weekend and uh, I get an email f- from our buddy Eric and he's like, uh, hey, dudes, because uh, he he's he's done work out here. He had to work at a certain hotel and uh, it was down near, you know, in, in a certain uh, was in West Hollywood. And he had worked on this hotel. And uh, so he sends out, now look, they're coming. Now, my friends have not, they've all come here one at a time. Mex has never been here. So I was, eh, you know, I was a little fucking disappointed that Mex didn't come out for this trip. But I got it because, again, he has a family trip to Arizona. And they, and he also does spring training with us and stuff like that. It's like, you know, not, not everybody can just get on a fucking plane, man. Uh, he's got responsibilities. He's got a, t- a kid in college, another kid in high school who he has to pick up and be with every day. I mean, I fucking get it. But it's a drag because, again, he's never been to L.A., so it would have been cool. But Dennis has been out here individually. Jimmy O has been out here individually. Um, you know, big guy has been out here. They travel sometimes for business, that kind of thing. Well, Eric, it turns out he had been traveling out here for business quite a bit. And he had he was staying at this hotel in, in West Hollywood. So my friends are coming to my town. And they're coming for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, and I so I... I was excited to go, you know, and just go look. Now, look, I don't know a bunch of fucking places. I don't think I can take them to the Abbey. You know what I mean? Where go-go boys are dancing on the bar or whatever the fuck. But I, I, if you know anything about me, um, I know, I know where all the fucking good restaurants are in town. I just do. I mean, this is, it's, I'm, I'm fat. It's, it's like, I, I, if I'm, I, uh, never mind. I, I, so I, I, I was going to say, I mean, it's not like I'm going to find you the good pussy in town, but it's like, I'm, I'm either, I'm either thinking about eating uh, food or pussy all the fucking time, like literally. So I, I, I if we're going to go to a restaurant, I can get you to that. And I, I have a bunch of places out here that if, and also it's fucking, it's Los Angeles. There's world-class restaurants out here. So I could not wait. I was excited. Get, get my friends here. I figure Friday we'll go to a place and then Saturday we'll go to a place. Sunday's the game. Going to be fun because they're getting a big fucking Airbnb. It's just, it's a whole fucking thing. So uh, everybody says they're in for the trip. We get the tickets. And then I'm not like a, like a fucking week later because we didn't even start to make plans. This is back again, like I said, in June. And uh, I, get a, I get an email from Eric. And he's like, hey guys, uh, you know what? When I was staying out at the hotel, I got a hookup at this place. So I'll get us uh, two rooms on on uh, Friday, and then when he was in town, he was going to uh, he was staying by the Strip, which is where the whiskey and the Troubadour and the Rainbow. Well, the Troubadour is not on the Strip, but the whiskey, the Rainbow, um, the Viper Room. You know, these are all on the Strip, on the Sunset Strip, and uh, the Troubadour is down in Santa Monica, or on, on Santa Monica Boulevard, not in Santa Monica. Blah blah blah. So he uh, he sends out a fucking email. And he's like, dudes, oh man, when I stayed there, you know, I used to go hang out at Rock and Riley's, and I and they know my name, and like I, I met all the bar staff, and they thought I, you know, we got along great. And so here's what we're gonna do on Friday. I got us rooms at this hotel, and then we're gonna go, we're gonna do a strip crawl, man. We're gonna go to the whiskey, we're gonna go to the Rainbow, and we're gonna go to you know the fucking uh, the, the Rock and Riley's, and you know they got great pizza at the Rainbow, and we're gonna go eat there. And this um this plan. 
takes shape in an, in an email and a text and, and I read it and I'm like, uh, look, people come to town have fun. I, I don't, I don't, I can pretend like I don't care, but you know, I fucking care because you know what motherfuckers I've lived here for fucking 25 years and, and you're going to come to town and, and you're, yeah, and, and you're, and first of all, he didn't even pick like a restaurant. Cause look, this happened to me once before when Dennis came to town, fucking evil Dennis came to town and he's like, oh man, there's a tie joint. We're going to go to. It's fucking great. I go, Dennis, I've lived here for 10 years. And he goes, yeah, no, I know this place. It's really good. I used to go when I, when I, I would travel here for business. I go, Dennis, I've lived here for 10 years. I literally Jitlada and fucking night song. I like, I there, I know the great Thai places I've, I've been and, and he's just kind of like, come on, pal. I love this place. And I was like, all right. And I deferred, I deferred 10 years ago. I was like, cool. Um, but, but this time, cause, cause again, it wasn't even like, Hey man, there's this cool ass restaurant we're going to go to. No, no, it was fucking, we're going to go, we're, we're, we're going to go I, to eat pizza at the rainbow. Are you fucking, you know, who have you been kicked in the head by a horse? What the fuck is wrong with you? We're going to go eat pizza at the fucking rainbow. I, I saw this plan and then all my, my friends are like an email. They're like, yeah, cool. All right. But cause again, my fucking friends don't care. They're like, yeah, cool. Whatever the fuck. And I, I just, I'm like, I'm out. I, I'm not doing that shit. I'm not, not on Friday night. I'm not fucking going to that because you know, dudes, um, I, I used to bounce in these fucking places. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't need to go eat pizza at the rainbow when I used to put somebody in a hammerlock, just a block from there for fuck's sake. I don't, I don't need to. And you're, and you're coming to a city, you're coming to Los Angeles and you're going to go eat. I, I just, I couldn't believe it. And I was fucking gobsmacked by it. I was like, what the fuck, man? So I never, I, and I didn't jump in and I didn't say anything. I just, in my brain, I was like, I'm out. I'm not doing that shit. That's not fucking happening. So about a week ago, Dennis starts sending emails around. He calls me and he's like, all right, we got to start making plans, whatever. I go, blah, blah, blah. I go, well, look, I go, I'm not into this fucking pub crawl fucking thing on, on, on Friday. He's like, what do you mean? And I said, well, you guys are having dinner at the rainbow and you're going to fucking watch what hair bands and shit like that. I go, that doesn't make any sense to me. And he's like, what do you, I didn't agree to that. I go, what are you talking about? I go, Eric sent out a fucking email and texts and everybody was like, woohoo. Yeah. And he's like, well, first of all, nobody was like, woohoo. Yeah. Cause you know, look again, we'll get to, you know, me, one guy says, woohoo. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't believe all these fucking guys turned on me and stabbed me in the back when they didn't really. But at the same time, if one dude did, that's more than enough. Even the very suggestion, how would you dare? How would you dare not come to me and go, Schmitty, what are we doing while we're in your town? Now let's talk about this for a second. When we were in Arizona, um, Eric lives in Arizona and I got to pick the restaurant where we went to eat. Now, probably he was picking the rainbow as some sort of weird revenge plan he had hatched over the course of several months. Uh, or, or maybe not. Maybe he's just a fucking lunkhead. who's was like, I like pizza at a bar. I mean, that's fine. I don't care. Whatever the fuck. But it's like, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't fucking bring myself to say, yes, I will do that. So I'm on the, I'm talking to Dennis and I go, yeah, dude, you guys are going to fucking, and he goes, dude, we're not having pizza at the rainbow. I go, what are you talking about? It's in, it's in the email. It's exactly what he said. He goes, well, let me, let me throw out a fucking email and I'll, I'll get this shit straightened out. But yeah, that doesn't make any sense. So he does, he sends out an email and, uh, He's like, hey, you know, we were talking about this. Uh, th- there's this thing. And he goes, you know, Mike, Mike's lived there forever. And he knows he has some great places to eat. So he's going to pick a place and we'll go out to, for dinner on uh, on Saturday. And, uh, you know, we'll go to the game. We'll, uh, he goes, uh, I think he, he said, we'll go out. Mike will pick a place for dinner uh, on Friday. And then we'll cook out Saturday at the Airbnb. And then we'll go to the game on Sunday. And uh, and nobody replied to the email. Nobody said anything. Not even a woohoo. Yeah. Not even one guy gave me a cool woohoo, which pissed me off. 
Uh, so, so Dennis sends out this email and nobody answers it. And then, uh, and then he and I get a, 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 like a, about four days later, he's like, all right, he goes, let's plan this and let's figure out what we're going to do. And I said, all right, just tell me where we're going to pick up and where we're going to go. I said, look, I need to know what, how many guys are going for dinner Friday. So I have to make reservations. He goes, oh no. He goes, no, Saturday. I go, no, I go, we're, well, Friday we're going to dinner and Saturday you're doing that cookout thing. He goes, no, 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 no. He goes, um, he goes, we're going to cook out Sunday during the football games before the game. I said, okay, well then dinner Saturday. So what are we doing Friday? He goes, oh, Friday. No, we're going with, uh, with Eric to that bar. To the, and so they're doing it. They're fucking going on the pub crawl. Even though they said that he, Dennis was said that they weren't. Uh, so they're going, they're, they're going he, and, and bra- brace yourselves, dude, get this. He says to me, yeah, we're going to go like to the rainbow and the Viper room and the whiskey and stuff on Friday and see how that goes. And I'm like, well, where's, are you having dinner? And he's like, ah, we'll probably grab some. And I'm like, literally they, they're, that's where they're going. They're going to have pizza at the fucking rainbow on Friday. So I, uh, he goes, yeah, so pick a place for Saturday. I go, all right, well, so, um, what time? Like eight o'clock, nine o'clock. He goes, oh no dog. You didn't, you didn't hear. And I go, oh Jesus, what? He goes, oh no, dude. You didn't hear. We're going out Saturday night. There's a there's a band. He goes, get get an early reservation because we're going. And I go, what? What are you saying? You're coming to Los Angeles to see who? And he goes, dude, come on, man. We're going to see the Atomic Punks. <laughs> and I'm I'm in my car and I'm like, uh, are you serious? He goes, yeah. I go, where are they playing? He goes, the whiskey. And I'm like, you're going to the whiskey two nights in a fucking row? And he goes, have you ever seen the Atomic Punks? I go, yeah. I go, they're, I, I've seen them like three or four times. They're, because if you don't know who the Atomic Punks are, they're a Van Halen tribute band. They dress up like Van Halen. They sing like Van Halen. They, they you know, they they basically try to bring you the, the early 80s Van Halen experience. And, uh. And I mean, God love you. I mean, that's if you want to see a tribute band on your trip to fucking Los Angeles, then go for it, I guess. Uh, but also, I'm not seeing my friends. Like, I bailed on Friday already. So I said, so what? We need, so I have to make a reservation. for He goes, yeah, make a dinner reservation for six. And I go, all right, six people? And he goes, well, yeah, but six o'clock. Six o'clock? We're having dinner at six o'clock on Saturday so we can clear our calendars to see the Atomic Bunks. And then be home in bed by what nine? I I don't fucking know, man. I I don't. Uh, I, I I and I mean, look, I I love my friends and good for them. And and I will tell you this: Mex is so fucking happy he's not coming. I haven't even told him about the Atomic Punks yet. Like I mean, when I told him about the whiskey and all, because Mex Mex wants to murder all hair metal bands. Like you know how people get that time machine? They're like, oh man, I would go back and kill Hitler. Max Max would go back in time and kill Vince Neil from Motley Crue like that's and in his crib so that shit never happened like he would do whatever he could to try to make sure that fucking hair metal never existed because he hates it so fucking much and when I told him that we were going to the fuck I go dude we're going to the fucking whiskey and the rainbow on on Friday and, and they're having pe-, and he's just like god damn I'm so happy I'm not there and I'm like dude fuck you man I gotta go through this and I but I told Dennis I go man I can't Cause I can't, and I can't go Friday anyway. Cause I mean, I don't, you know, money is a thing right now. I mean, but I, but if it was something I wanted to do, I'd, I'd probably find a way to do it. But I, I, I'm not seeing, I'm not going to the fucking whiskey and the rainbow to what, to see the Lemmy statue and have uncooked pizza and play Pac-Man. Jesus fuck. Um, 
but, but I'm, I'm already not seeing them on Friday. So then on Saturday, I'm like, I, I, he said they're going to the Atomic Punks. He goes, are you going to go with us? And I'm like, yeah, I guess so. I mean, and, and he's like, are they any good? And I'm like, I, they were when I saw them 15 years ago, man. I go, I don't know if they've, they've upgraded the personnel. Because, you know, again, there was a guy named Ralph. Ralph was the fucking, he was the Dave. Uh, and so, so Ralph, Ralph Sains is his name. And he actually graduated from Atomic Punks. And he joined a band called Steel Panther. And Steel Panther goes and they make silly metal music now. You know what I mean? They write songs, you know, odes to fucking pussies, whatever the fuck. They, they, they're like a jokey metal band, but they record metal, like 80s metal music now. Um, but that was Ralph then. Like, I mean, I, I saw them in 99. I mean, I saw them when I first fucking moved here, when there was some novelty to it. And I, I don't, I can't imagine it's the same guys in the Atomic Punks because now they have to be wearing thicker wigs than actual Van Halen is wearing at this fucking point, right? I I I don't know. I but but like I said, I'm not I'm I'm seeing I'm not seeing my friends on Friday. So, but I so I gotta go Saturday. But and he's like, hey man, make sure you bring a bag. Like if you want to stay over in the Airbnb or whatever. And, I, and part of me is just like, man, I don't. I so I said yes. So I'm 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 going to see the Atomic Punks on Friday. And I don't, I don't have any idea why. I mean, I don't have any idea why. I thought, I thought the bear game was going to be the biggest disappointment of the fucking weekend. And, and also because he wanted like they, the reservations for like six or six thirty. I, I, I wanted to take them to Animal, which is the restaurant I want to go to, which I love. And, and unfortunately, they don't have anything at six or six thirty for six people. He goes, we can get you in at nine. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Well, if my friends were adults, we could probably take the nine o'clock dinner reservation. However, we're all going to see the atomic punks at the whiskey. So I couldn't possibly come there and have any sort of your toasted bone marrow fucking nonsense because these motherfuckers have me going to see a goddamn knockoff tribute band. And uh, and it'll be fun to see my friends. I just I just don't understand the point. I, I don't this because this. Because, all right, here's the thing. If we're going to do this, we should really embrace it. Like, we should fight. Like, we should do really dumb fucking rude shit while we're there. Like, we should, we should, because there's six of us now, so we should just be a fucking Voltron of assholes and just fucking rampage on everybody or start a mosh pit or do something, man. Because if we're going to do, because what's, what's the point in going, like, yeah, we all wore fucking polo shirts and then we saw the atomic bunks and we were home snoozing by 11 o'clock. Fuck that. We need, if you're coming here to do this dumb shit, we need a fucking story. If you guys won't get arrested on Friday, we have to get arrested on fucking Saturday. You know, I was talking about possibly going to see Slayer at the end of the month and starting a pit. Nothing wrong with some pit practice at the atomic punks. Cause this is, and I can't even, and look, I also have to share this with you. I don't know. I don't, I don't have any idea who is going to be at the atomic punks show. They've been playing this fucking area for 20 years, man, 20 years feeding off the corpse of Van Halen going out and doing shows. And I know it's fun and ho ho and whatever the fuck, but, but band, like if you've, I guess I've seen them three times and I, and, uh, I paid once and I saw them twice when I was bouncing at the house of blues, but there's that you, you can't be getting repeat business, right? Nobody, and the only people who are, are these nostalgia junkies who are like, oh man, remember when Van Halen was the fucking greatest? Well, these guys are just like it, man. But I mean, you're, you're just in a room with a bunch of people who, who, 
who sleep on futons, man, and and are and never made it, and and want to just wallow in the, in the nostalgia of it all. I, I don't I don't know what the fuck do I know? I mean, I'm 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 going to see the fucking bears on Sunday too, and I, I know I'm sitting there, I'm talking about Disney, I'm talking about all this bullshit. Like I, is everything doomed to repeat? Is everything doomed to just fucking get regurgitated back into our face? I saw a commercial the other day for Charlie's Angels. The, they they made another Charlie's Angels movie. Like I I don't know. Charlie's Angels was on when I was a kid. I was 10. So that's 42 fucking years ago that was a property that people would remember. Now, look, did it stick in the pop culture craw? Probably. Do people remember Farrah or Cheryl Ladd or whoever the fuck? Jacqueline Smith and and uh, I want to literally Sabrina because I can't think of her name. Kate Jackson. There you go. Um, is any is anybody going, oh, is there any nostalgia for Charlie's Angels to the point where people are like, oh, my God, I hope they remake this again? Because didn't they remake it once before. I think they remade it with like Drew Barrymore and Bill Murray got into a fight with Lucy Liu and all that kind of fucking bullshit. And now they're making it again. And it's the chick from Twilight. And then it's, I, I don't know if it's, look, I don't know who else is in the, the new Charlie's Angels. I know Charlie's there. There might be a Bosley. I don't fucking know. But it's just, they got wigs and changes of clothes. And I, what is this for? Who is this for? And again, I shouldn't talk. Last week, I watched a guy throw another guy into a barbed wire bed. So, I mean, I don't even, I saw, literally, I saw a guy take out a, a barbed wire broom and sweep another guy's back and cut him to fucking shreds. So what the fuck am I, I can't judge what you like. I saw Rambo. I paid to see fucking Rambo in the theater with fucking, with Pat, because I just felt like I had to. I was like, all right, let's close this fucking chapter. And then those shit bags, and I'm going to spoil Rambo for you right fucking now. Because Rambo, again, it's exactly what it should be. Rambo is a just, it's just a movie where Stallone gets to be a fucking monster. That's the way it, it's, it's, he's just Frankenstein, but he was in the army. That's all Rambo is at this point. He's just like, and then they relate fire and he's scared. And then he hides in the tunnels and then the Viet Cong go back into his brain. And then he kills some guy with a staple gun. Like literally it's just, that's the kind of shit that he does. And, and that's exactly what it should be. I'm going to tell you this right now. There was a scene in Rambo. I look, I don't want to spoil it. I, I, I'm just going to tell you this. Uh, things get out of hand in Rambo. How about that? If I go, I don't want to, I don't want to give too much away in case you're planning on renting it or whatever. But I'll just tell you this, um, th- things, things don't go well for Rambo and Rambo. That's what I'll tell you, because it seems like, you know, normally if I'm going to tune into a Rambo movie, he's just, he's got his new house and he's, uh, he's plowing the field. He trains a horse and, uh, there's a calm and he's excited and he's got a Latina maid and she makes him some fucking pancakes. He talks to her in Spanish and I'm like, you know what? This might be the movie where everything goes well for Rambo. This, and this actually might be the movie where everything turns out all right. Well, it would have, unfortunately. Oh, but it, well, here's my favorite. All right, so Rambo's got, it's not his daughter, but it's like the daughter of a friend of his and he's raising her as his own uh, because she died and her husband was a shitbag and he went back to Mexico, whatever the fuck. And so Rambo has to uh, take care of this little girl. Now this little girl realizes she's like, oh, I have a dad and he's in Mexico. I want to go visit him. And Rambo's like, and she's like, what's that? I'm sorry, what's that? And he's like, I really shouldn't do that. And she's like, I can't. And he's like, I don't think you should do that. And she's like, oh, okay. I, you don't think I should do that. I got it. And he's like, you don't understand. She's like, I, what? And he, you don't understand. Uh, and she's like, that doesn't, I don't. And he's like, you don't understand. And she's like, oh, okay. I don't understand. All right, good. Uh, and then he just, then he talks for like a, a half an hour. And it's just, it just sounds like somebody hitting puppies in a rug with a tennis racket. I mean, it's, I don't know what noises are coming out of Rambo's mouth, but so, uh, what's that noise? Are you shifting? 
That's okay. I thought it was. I thought it was like a. It sounded like waves. Uh, Michelle was like rolling over in the linen, the crisp linen, and it made like a wave noise. And I, I honestly thought there was like a wave approaching the window. Like I was like, what the fuck? Uh, are we getting? Well, you know what? Because here's how I handle my podcast from now on. Uh, because it's getting done on time this week. The Blue Angels are doing a flyover, so I, I they're they're very excited about it. They're commemorating this moment. Um, so this girl, of course, she she listens to Rambo for about nine seconds, and he goes, "She's got a party that night," and he's like, "Why don't you bring your party over here?" She goes, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Yeah, you can show them the tunnels." So it turns out Rambo has this house, right? He's got this fancy house and uh, he's living the life of Rambo, which is fantastic. But um, because he's still Rambo, he's built a series of Viet Cong tunnels under his house that lead to his barn. Uh, and and I, I, I laughed out loud when, when they showed them because he, he literally goes down in the tunnel and I'm like, oh, so the guy who was so traumatized by Vietnam that, that they had to make four movies about how he was trying to get it out of his system immediately goes to his new home in Arizona and he digs a series of complex Viet Cong-like tunnels underneath his property. All right, makes sense. Sure, why not? Well, you know, if, if your days are long, you got to go ahead and find something to do. So he does this series of tunnels and uh, the kids come over and she's like, oh, thank you so much. It was really nice. And, and then uh, the next morning, She's like, I'm off to school now. And she packs, you know, two days worth of clothes. And he's like, and she drives off to Mexico where she is taken, kidnapped by human traffickers. And then Rambo has to go down there and he's looking for her. And then one thing leads to another. But here's the best part. Here's because, again, I'm not I'm not shitting on this movie. I liked this movie. And actually, here's where I'm at emotionally these days. I actually teared up a little bit at the end of this movie because they were closing the door on a guy that meant something to me when I was a kid. And that meant something to me, but I was like, you know, this, I watched all of the movies. It was like the closing of a chapter. And in the movie, you feel bad for him. And because again, I, and look, I may be too much of an empath. Perhaps I find empathy where it shouldn't be, but I actually felt bad for the character of Rambo. Cause in my brain, I was like, um, nothing, nothing good has ever happened to Rambo. Nothing. He went, he went to the military and he just, he was, you know, trained to eat things that would make a billy goat puke and do all of these terrible things. And he's murdering people and torturing them. Then he gets kidnapped and he's being murdered and tortured. Then he comes back to America and Brian Dennehy tries to kill him. And another, and a fucking old dude who looks like a Muppet tries to murder him. They blast a fire hose on him and then he hides in caves and then fucking Troutman has to come and save him. And then he winds up going back to Vietnam to try to get prisoners of war. And then he winds up in Colombia. I whatever the fuck, all the terrible things have happened to Rambo and, uh, and nothing good. And so in this movie, he finally is settled down and he, he actually loves the maid as if she was his own mom or sister. And he loves the little girl, like his own daughter. And, um, you know, terrible fucking things happen to everybody, man. And, and they don't fuck around either, by the way, because the, you know, you, you, you think, well, Rambo's going to save this person. And then Ram Rambo doesn't fucking save that person at all. But here's the here's the best part. I'm gonna I have to share this with you, and this is this is worth seeing. If you're going to see, if you're like ah, I'm on the fence about Rambo, it's worth seeing it for this reason. Uh, it has creative violence, which I enjoy. You know, I like creative violence, and uh, it has one of the most violent things I've ever seen in a movie that looks like something that could really happen. And you've always wondered if it would ever happen. And in this movie, they show you, yeah, this can happen. Uh, Rambo finds the guy who actually kidnapped his, uh, faux daughter, his, his, uh, the girl that he takes care of. And he takes the guy out to an SUV 
and uh, and he he fucking pins the guy against it, and he just and Rambo is Rambo's not subtle, all right. So he literally just looks at the guy, and he's like, "Don't desta," and he holds holds up the girl. I think he says, "Don't desta." I don't know, something like that. And he holds up the, the picture of the photo of the girl, and the guy's like, "Pinche otro," and he's like, "Don't desta," and then he just fucking jams his Rambo knife into the guy's thigh. Like, there's no parlay. There's no, excuse me, sir. Could you tell me where she is? Or there's no, tell me where she is or bad things will happen. He says, don't do star once. The guy's like, fuck you, man. And then he goes, don't do a star. And he jams, you know, that big fucking Rambo knife, that thing that's as thick as a fucking, like a uh, vertical blind. You know what I mean? Like a, one of those fucking things. It just goes and plunges right into his fucking thigh, man. And then the guy's like, Ay! but then the guy still won't fucking talk. Now I got news for you, man. If you, you put, if it was a butter knife, you put it in me and I'm fucking yammering, but this, but still nobody, he didn't, the guy wouldn't talk. So then Rambo goes, all right, don't do uh, any fucking, all right. I'm going to, I want you to do this right now. Reach, uh, touch your neck and then feel your collarbone. Okay, you know your collarbone's right there? Now, put your finger on the inside of your collarbone and press down a little bit. Not a lot, because it's going to fucking hurt if you do it. But if you feel for your collarbone, I'm doing it right now as we speak, and you push in a little bit, you can feel that there's that soft spot of flesh that goes around your collarbone. Now, I will tell you this. um, The Rambo movie didn't introduce me to this concept. Uh, I'm watching in the Rambo movie. He's got the guy pinned against the, the SUV and he takes his thumb and he's like, don't do star. And he jams his thumb into that soft part of the flesh around the collarbone. And he continues to plunge it in and, and then he fucking breaks the skin and blood starts pouring out. And he grabs the dude's collarbone with his thumb and his hand. And he just fucking cracks it out of the guy's fucking body. With the noise, you hear the noise, the like the snap, and then the guy's like, aye, aye. and then the, and here's shockingly enough, then the guy's ready to talk. So Rambo goes thumb in deep into the fucking flesh, grabs the collarbone, and snaps it the fuck out. You see white and red. You see the bone. It's just fucking, it's absolutely gorgeous, uh, gratuitous violence, and and it had to be in there. It's so perfect. But as I said, Rambo wasn't the one to introduce me to this concept because um, that particular punishment. That was something I used to get from my older brother when I wouldn't do my chores on time. Uh, I think I've mentioned before the special tortures that you get from your brothers or whatever the fuck. Well, when I would be asleep, uh, if my brother would wake up ahead of me, uh, he would just punch me in the legs until I got out of bed. Like literally as hard as he could in my thighs and my calves, just punching me over and over because I wouldn't get out of bed to go to school. And he would just fucking wail the shit out of me. Uh, and then, uh, the, the thing with the, um, with, with, I was being a smart ass or whatever the fuck, or I wasn't doing my chores or, 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 or just because it was Wednesday, uh, my brother would come up, uh, behind me or in front of me and he would just jam all four of his fingers into the soft spot of where my flesh is and grab like literally you ever see in football when they grab a guy by the shoulder pads and they're kind of, and then you can control them. I got news for you. You can really grab somebody by the collarbone and control the shit out of them. You can just, if you, if you get somebody's collarbone, they're going exactly where you want them to go. And he would literally bury fucking all four fingers in right by my collarbone. And I'd be like, ah, and you try to, and you, you couldn't get away. Like you couldn't go low enough because his fingers are just going right into your goddamn skin. Ah, uh, not, not, a, not a fun thing. I'm assuming this isn't the show Michelle thought she was going to get when she had me come to the hotel room. <laughs> 
<laughs> she's about to go to sleep and get up for work tomorrow with the thoughts of collarbones snapping in her ears. And, and let me tell you, if you ever come to town, this is the show you can have in your hotel room, ladies and gentlemen. Go ahead and hire me and I'll come over and fucking talk a blue streak about Rambo fucking burying his thumb into your goddamn collarbone and making you bleed. Look, how many times do you get to talk about fake Van Halen and a snapped off collarbone? Not, not often enough. Certainly not with a talented guy like myself. Oh, I'm Vic. And I'm Vinny. And we're the Screw Brothers. Screw Brothers. Uh, we had an amazing weekend playing at the House of Filth. Two dynamite ladies were joining us. Sabrina Vitali from Canada. An amazing Amity Armstrong from the Bay Area. Aww. And uh, guess what? Guess what? They canceled. Yep. Yeah, so uh, we still got all our DVD titles on sale. Stuff like... The Erotic Adventures of Lady Puddleback. The Bukaki Horror Picture Show. The Girl with the Dragon Vagina. Labia Lapping Lollygaggers. Return to Boner Mountain. Ass Burrito. And as always, first 25 people to come in and mention the 40-year-old boy get, I don't know, something sticky. So remember, come on down this weekend to the House of Filth. Uh, man, women will break your heart. That is sure will. But uh, also remember that it ain't filthy. Broken. What, um, oh, unless it's screw filthy. Hey, man, let's chat. Huh? What do you say? You and me. What about it, Sport. Here's a lifesaver. Let's go shoot some free throws and have a goddamn person-to-person talk. Let's have a father-son. Let's have a heart-to-heart. Let's have a mother-daughter. Let's have a birds-in-the-bees type of chat. Let's get a fireside chat rolling. Let me build a fire. Let's get hot. Let's get sexy. Let's get a sweat lodge. Let's get raw. Let's just get fucking naked and have a discussion. Uh, let's break it all down. Let's sit down. You know what? I say this. I go back to the 70s. Let's est it, man. Let's Burt Reynolds ourselves a goddamn uh, uh, metal flask into our pants and piss in it while we're all trying to fucking do an est thing for Burt Convy. What if we did that together? Uh, these are all references you don't understand if you're a young person. And if you're an old person, you're wondering what the fuck I'm trying to get to. You know what? I say we go back even further. Let's go 70s, even before Burt Reynolds in the flask, the metal flask where he pisses himself in semi-tough, I think it was, with Jill Clayburgh. Um, let's go. You know what? Let's just sit on the floor. Let's rap. How about that? Let's not even talk. Let's rap. Let's fucking sit down and stare at one another, crisscross applesauce style, and stare each other in the eyes. And uh, just like we're at summer camp, sitting around a campfire, we're about to reveal some uncomfortable truths about ourselves that we're going to regret 15 years later and talk to a therapist about because <laughs> we got pointed at and laughed at by the rest of the people in camp. Um, here's I will just share this with you now. This first hour of the show, uh, yeah, that first hour was sweaty. Right. I, I, I feel that that first hour of the show that because uh, I was going to wrap it up, I was ready to do it because I was in the shell. You know what I mean? And I'm like, all right, well, uh, I forced that hour. I just I just fucking forced it. I don't. F- and I'm putting it out to you. It's still it's still I throw it out to you to listen to. So you can say, no, Mike, it was great. Or you can go, no, it was sweaty. Or you, don't tell me if it was sweaty because I know I don't want to fucking hear you guys rip me their shreds. I get enough of that shit in my own fucking brain. Um. But, you know, you got to stand out in podcasting. And that was just a that was almost like a going through the motions type of hour. That was like just a me uh, with with that without a whole lot to say. And nobody likes a guy who doesn't have a lot to say, particularly when he's supposed to be a guy who has a lot to say. If you purport to be a guy who's got a look, if you do a solo podcast by yourself, you better have a lot to say. And then you show up for an hour and you don't have fucking anything to say. People are just throwing their goddamn iPods out of the helicopters and into the ocean. I, I may have misjudged my audience. I don't know what kind of fucking blue thunder audience I think I've got out there listening to me on iPods over the ocean. But perhaps if they were out there, they're angry, man. They're throwing there's an ocean full of iPods right now. I, that fucking first hour of the show just killed a school of dolphins because the fucking Marines who were flying in the goddamn blue, blue uh, thunder. They just whipped their iPods out and smashed some dolphins in the bottlenose. There's a goddamn uh, dolphin right now with his blowhole fucking wedged up with an iPod just playing my goddamn voice out of it. 
And a bunch of those scary ass eels and jellyfish are just like, oh, that's spooky as fuck. Whose voice is that? And uh, and now there's a dolphin. Literally, there's now a school of dolphins that, you know, they usually they're like, yeah, whatever the fuck they say. But right now there's a school of dolphins because a Marine was angry in his helicopter and he threw his fucking iPod out the window and it landed in the blowhole of a dolphin. Right now, there's a dolphin out there who, who's instead of there's a school of dolphins. I don't just one, all of them, because they're listening to my fucking thing. Right now, there's a there's a fucking school of dolphins, and they've learned to say, "I'm not gonna lie to you, folks." Just before they go, uh, I can't even do. I sound like Bobcat Goldthwait in a fucking in a bear trap. Jesus Christ. That's if somebody stabbed Bobcat Goldthwait in the throat with a steak knife. That's my imitation of a fucking dolphin with a blowhole filled with my iPod voice coming out. I'm not going to lie to you, folks. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm not at the B-52s, folks. I can't deliver a fucking perfect dolphin noise. Don't try to hold me up to some fucking weird standard that you yourselves can't match. I defy you to call me, email me, voicemail me, send me some sort of MP4 of you doing a fucking perfect dolphin, and then I'll stand down, man. Uh, or you just do it. You know what? Go ahead and bust it out right now. I'm sure I'll hear it wherever you are because dolphins are loud. I have a frequency that only hears dolphins no matter wherever the fuck they are. And that drives me fucking crazy. I thought I had tinnitus. Bullshit. I can just hear dolphins all over the world at all times. I'm like, fuck, man. This tinnitus is fucking up my ears. And then I realized it's not tinnitus. I just, I'm, I'm just tuned into the dolphins, man. I can hear them. I can hear Jimmy. I can hear Jimmy and I can hear the fucking dolphins. I can hear them all day long with their fucking plots because they're plotting to come get us, folks. They're developing like fucking breath gills or whatever the fuck where they got to fucking walk on land and come after us. And then they were in trouble because dolphins are smarter than us, right? Isn't it? Didn't I read that? Like dolphins are like the smartest animals. Um, and they're not going to, you know, because, you know, the dolphins. What if the dolphins get the vote? Let's give the dolphins the vote. Who do you think they vote for? I think they vote for a dolphin king. And I, I welcome our dolphin overlords. Go, go ahead. I'd rather I would. I'll, if I'll gladly swim around in a pool, have a bunch of dolphins watch me from the stands, throw me a fish. I'll jump up and catch the motherfucker. It's over. This humanity, this experiment. This fucking civilization, it's done. Let's turn it over to the fucking dolphins. Because when the second you hear, it's going to be like when Charlton Heston said, get your stinking paws off me, you damn dirty ape. And all the apes were like, what the fuck? Well, the second some fucking fisherman in Japan scoops up a dolphin in a net when he's trying to get you a bunch of tuna, and he's like, ah, fuck this dolphin. And then the dolphin goes, I'm not going to lie to you, dude. You got me in a fucking net, and I'm fucking furious about it. Let me fucking go. They're going to be like, holy shit. And then the dolphins will take over Japan and fucking run the goddamn joint, um, which is a shame because Japan's a nice place. Dolphins, I, I, I beseech thee, dolphins, because, again, you're hearing this because obviously Blue Thunder just fucking whipped an iPod into your goddamn blowhole. I beseech you, dolphins, take us over first. Take over America. Do that. Set up a fucking uh, uh, plant your flags here, your dolphin flag, your wet, drippy tuna eating dolphin fucking flag uh, posted here and then take over this nation. And you know why? Because I'll tell you what, if you take over America, then the rest of the world chills the fuck out because it's we're, we're the ones making everybody fucking nervous, locking people in cages and not negotiating fucking proper tariffs and all that other bullshit or whatever the fuck is going on. You guys come in and you're just like, fuck this. You know what we want? Fish. Just send us a bunch of fucking fish. Everybody be cool to one another and send us some fish. And also, uh, I, I guess we'll lock some of you in a pool and you guys can do tricks for us. And I'll be like, yeah, I'm, I, I'm fine with that. Fine. And we'll have, you know, let's do this. Let's do the fucking like a lottery. If the dolphins take over, then we'll just draw straws or fucking like every year you got to do. It's like, you know, because in Korea, you got to do a year in the army or two years or whatever the fuck, unless you're a good UFC fighter or a baseball pitcher. If you got some sort of skill to get you out of the fucking army, good for you. But if not, you got to go in the army. Well, if the dolphins take over here, we do that same thing here. But instead of going to the army, you got to go to SeaWorld. 
<laughs> I think that's fucking perfect. Instead of having to fight, you're not fighting any battles, you're not on any front lines, but you just got to swim the fuck around and do a bunch of somersaults through a flaming hoop and catch a fish in your goddamn mouth. Or else, that's right, fucking or else. Or else, you know what happens? Blue thunder comes along, they scoop you up in a fucking net, you drop you in the ocean, and you got to fucking survive out there. You think the sharks are going to be happy when the fucking dolphins take over America? No, sharks are going to be like, what the fuck, man? We're smart too, even though they're not smart. Fucking sharks are dumb, right? Sharks are super stupid. Except for fucking Bruce. Bruce is a totally smart shark. Because he like he knew where the boat was and he jumped up there and he bit fucking Quint. And then he fucking the next day he finds Brody's family, like a week later, whatever the fuck, in, in Jaws 3. Go see Richard Jenny's bit about it. Um, sharks are smart. They're not smart. Sharks are the Fredo of the fish world. Uh, although, aren't they mammals? Isn't that true? There's some shit like that. Like dolphins are mammals. Yeah, dolphins are mammals. Uh, mammons? They're, mam- they're mammals. Dolphins are mammals. Uh, and then sharks are, sharks might be fish. Look, man, I'm not fucking Dr. Fucking Doolittle. How do you expect me to know all this goddamn shit? All I want to know is I want, I want fucking dolphins to take over the goddamn nation. I want dolphins to take land, take over this country. Sharks will be pissed. And eventually the sharks in the wars will have a war. And then uh, and then what do we uh, sharks in the wars? The sharks and the dolphins will have a war. Jesus, I might be having a fucking stroke. What is wrong with me? God damn it. See, that first hour was forced. This hour, it's just coming smooth, but I'm stepping all over my dick. That's not good at all. Uh, that first hour is a little grim. And uh, in my opinion, I mean, you guys may have enjoyed it and, and you're very nice to say so. Because uh, Michelle, I'll tell you this, I actually apologize to Michelle. I'm like, look, man, I'm sorry you had to sit through that. And she's like, what are you talking about? That was funny. And I'm like, ah, you're just being very nice. And she goes, look, I'm glad you did it. But also I bailed on it because it was like, it was like 1.30 in the morning and she had to be up for work at, at 7.30. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Because you know me, I just, I'm going to keep fucking talking about dumb shit. So I fucking took that break. And then I looked at her, I go, look, I think I'm going to finish this elsewhere. And she's in bed, cover all the way up over her head. She's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Which is a lie. She was into it and laughing. But at the same fucking time, I feel terrible. Like I'm holding people hostage. And my life is different. I'm up later, even though I'm trying not to be. I want to get that one o'clock, uh, part of the, like a lay in the groundwork, like I said, when the Hail Mary lands. Uh, we got to build the base of the pyramid. And part of that, I've got a list of all of my goals to do by the end of the year. One of them is establish a sleep schedule and uh, a uniform sleep schedule. What I want to do is I want to try to get to bed by one o'clock every night and get up by nine o'clock every morning. It was two to 10. John told me that's not acceptable. He doesn't even like one to nine, but I think I'm doing okay. If I do one to nine, that might work out. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but that's one of the plans. So poor Michelle, she had to get up and go to work today, which is Wednesday. And I'm like, I'm in her fucking room. And I'm like, oh, this is just like, go to sleep, please. I'll leave you alone. And I, and so then I, st- I was like, I locked up all my stuff. And then I wound up talking to her until one, or I'm sorry, talking to her. She was, it was one when I stopped. It was one thirty. I actually talked to her until like almost three. It was like quarter to three. And I'm like, why am I bothering this poor woman? Uh, and I, if I'm going to stay there, why didn't I fucking record? But because I felt like making her sit there and watch that was just foolish. Even if she requested it and wanted it, I just felt like, ah, this isn't good. And then I, cause again, the show wasn't, I didn't hit any fucking patches where I was really running downhill and I just felt like I was forcing it. And you know, she had to go to work. Oh, you don't give a fuck. Nobody wants to hear my explanations. Everybody else has other topics. You know what I mean? People get viewer mail or they get fucking topics where they go, Hey, here's what I did this week. And they talk about stuff. I just tell you about the dumb shit I did yesterday. And I mean, I am so grateful that you've stuck around and you still listen to this fucking nonsense. I am so happy about it. And, uh, and again, last week's show was fucking amazing. Two weeks ago was fucking amazing. I'm very happy. And I put up a, a rerun three weeks ago. That was really fucking great. Uh, even the, fr- and there was a free hour in that there was an hour of that. And then we went up and put ahead of a fucking, uh, like a regular old show. Look at all the fucking bonuses you get. Look at me trying to talk you guys into sticking around. Well, before the dolphins come and ruin us and take us away for fuck's sake, please, please stay with me before the dolphin, uh, 
I don't know, water apocalypse, whatever the fuck they're going to do. Because they're going to they're, they're take the land and they're going to walk in their goofy tails. Or could they flop around? What if dolphins learn how to drive? They might have learned a bunch of shit because they teach them all that fucking tricks over there at fucking SeaWorld. Maybe they taught them how to drive boats. Maybe they'll like fucking Don Johnson, Miami Vice the fuck way in here with a goddamn teal suit on. I want to see a dolphin in a teal suit. I'll fucking respect that motherfucker. Uh, look, I'm going to respect a dolphin driving a boat no matter what the fuck you wear. I'm not going to lie to you. That was right from my stand-up. It was, I did a, a bit about Smokey the Bear. He was out there in his fucking, you know, he's in jeans. Uh, Smokey the Bear is telling me the, uh, you know, only you can prevent forest fires. Hey, you know what? Talking was enough to impress me, Smokey. You don't need 501s and a pith helmet to get your point across. Uh, some animals need clothes to get their point across. McGruff the crime dog. Look, man, if a fucking Labrador comes up to you and tells you to lock your doors, you're like, fuck you, dog. But you put that dog in a trench coat and a fucking, uh, you know, uh, give him a magnifying glass. You're like, fuck, that's Dick Tracy. I got to listen to this fucking dog. Uh, that's, that is blow the dust off those jokes from my act from 1993. <laughs> Holy Jesus. Uh, all right. So the point is, folks, I, uh, I, I felt like yesterday was a, was an hour uh, that, you know, you heard you heard it. And whether there was any real fastball there, yeah, there was, you know what? I didn't have my best stuff yesterday. <laughs> Let's go with the pitching analogy. I don't think I had my best stuff yesterday. I battled through. You know what I did? I gave you five innings. I gave you five innings of five innings. I gave up uh, five runs, a couple of walks, two. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, I gave up five hits. We'll give we'll give two runs, five hits, a couple of walks. But I battled through without my best stuff, and we made it happen. Because uh, you know what? You started me on three days rest. That's the problem. You throw me out there on three days rest. I'll battle through and give you everything I got. And that's what I did yesterday. So now here we are to clean it up. Now I'm uh, now I'm in here to really now I'm supposed to hit my sweet spot. And that's bullshit. Obviously not. I've got dolphins taking over America. Clearly, this isn't any better than yesterday was. But at the same time, I'm still here, right? I'm still standing better than I ever did. Looking like a true survivor. Feeling like a little kid. Uh, <laughs> so uh, so today, Wednesday, I, you know, I didn't, you know, today during the day, I was like, oh man, I should record. And I said, I'm going to record tonight because here's what I did tonight, folks. Um, and this is, this is another reason why I'm talking to you. Uh, I went to a, I went to a show tonight. I left my house. Yeah, that's right. I left my apartment, not just to drive somebody to the airport or drive somebody to their hotel. I actually went and did brace yourself something social. Uh, I went by myself, um, and here's something even weirder. Okay, leaving my apartment to go to something social is one thing. But, uh, dudes, I uh, I went to a comedy show. What the fuck? Yeah, that's right. And, um, you know, I'll tell you honestly, even though I think a lot of you know this already, but I, I was talking to somebody and they were like, how come you don't go to a lot, you know, more comedy shows? And I said, because honestly, um, I'm jealous. I'm jealous when I see the performer up there. I wish I could be up there. I wish I could be doing it. And then I get in the spiral where I go, man, you should be doing this. You should be performing more. You should be going ahead. I, I kill myself over it, even though I do love live comedy. And, um, and so I, you know, I'll, I'll spend more time going out and doing more stuff because I, I, again, with the year of, I will with plans to go out and do stuff, it just makes more sense for me to go out as well and try to start doing shows. And also because then I can tell you about it and you can be like, yay, Mike, even though you won't, then I don't blame you. But I went to a comedy show tonight, even though um, it, it kind of, it sets me on edge a little bit to see stuff. And then, uh, but I don't fucking care. Sometimes you just got to go. And I, I, it was not only because I wanted to see this show, but also I want to, um, I wanted to learn it was school. Let's put it that way. It was school for me with the plans that I have where I, I 
like I told you, I want to come and see you in 2020. And I want to just, I don't want to just, uh, look, I can just show up and fucking vamp. All right. I mean, I can go up and talk about the flight and have fun and tell a couple of stories or whatever the fuck. And, and I can, I can be funny. I mean, I, I proved it. This is going to sound so silly. When I did the success is not an option tour. You know, I only workshopped that show once. I did it here at a theater in North Hollywood in front of eight people. And I only did like an hour and a half or an hour and 15 minutes. Like I didn't, I didn't fucking do what I did on the road. So then I wound up going to San Francisco. I did two nights in San Francisco and I mean, I was doing three hours already um, because people were nice and indulgement uh, to indulge me. And also I was fucking funny. I did stand up before the act itself, before the show, um, because I felt stupid just going up and launching into a show because I told you it was very much like Hamlet, you know, it was like a last poor Yorick and I'm not a fucking actor. I mean, I'm, I'm a stand up, So I wanted to go up and talk a little bit before I actually did the show. And then that turned into an hour. And in some cities it was even longer, but I loved that. I loved the, the freedom of being able to get on stage and doing whatever the fuck I wanted and being funny while doing it. And I took great pride in knowing that I could go up and just fucking wing it and be funny. There's power in that man. You know, I mean, if you have a strong, cause I also knew I had the show, the fucking written show was, was a fucking killer. So I always knew I had that to get into, but the first hour was going to be just me talking about the flight and fucking around and going off on tangents. It was essentially like a free podcast before I wanted to do in the full one man show. And, uh, and if you saw it, and you liked it, great. If you saw it and you hated it, that's fine. <laughs> I don't mean to jerk off here all over everybody who hated it or whatever the fuck, that's fine. But when I did it, I felt pride in it. And uh, and it, uh, one of the things that was I was most prideful about, and I've talked about this on here before, it's like when I would do PodFest and I would only go up once a year. Like I wasn't doing shows all year. And then I would go up and do the Los Angeles Podcast Festival and I would do a fucking two-hour show after having not been on stage in in a year. And I would crush it. And I would hit my beats and I would be funny and I would be, I would live within the story. And, and, um, it's, it's, it's the talent I have, you know, if if I give myself the chance and the opportunity to do it. And, but also at the same time, uh, it comes fairly easy to me, but I would really like to, to fucking hone it. You know, like I've I've talked about this on here before, you know, I'm not a sniper, man. I'm a fucking, I'm a shotgun. I'm a Gatling gun. I mean, I just fucking, I just keep blasting you until there's nothing left. Um, But in reality, I'd almost like to be surgical. You know, when I was with my stand-up and I wrote uh, topical, I was surgical. So I have to go back to school and I have to learn how to do things like that. I have to learn how to create and write in that way to, to, to use a turn of a phrase and um, not just rely on the fact that I can open my mouth and talk for an hour and make it funny. So I'd like to take a chance at, at building an act or, or a show. I don't know what, what form it's going to take yet. I have, I've been taking notes and listening to myself and, and, and putting, it could be this, it could be that, whatever the fuck. So what I want to start doing is I'd like to go watch other people. Now I'm also going to get, uh, brace yourselves. I'm going to get Netflix and I'm going to watch a lot of the recent stand-up specials and see how those go. And look, these are, I'm not comparing myself to Burr and Chappelle and these fucking guys, but I want to watch them work. That's the thing is I want to watch them work and compare and contrast. So tonight was important. Um, There's a show that was in town. It's a, it's a show that came on my radar about six months ago, maybe eight months ago. And John Mulaney, uh, who is fucking genius, John Mulaney on his Instagram posted about it. He said, this is the funniest show in New York and the funniest woman. And I am so proud to know her. And this is, you need to run and not walk to your fucking theater and see this. It's closing soon. 
And it was a show by a comedian named Jacqueline Novak. And it's called Get On Your Knees is the show. So I do a little research on it. And Jacqueline Novak is, a, you know, she's a stand-up in New York. And uh, and it turns out Natasha Leone is presenting this show. So I'm sure she's funding the, the what it costs to put it up in the theater and things like that. And um, tons of incredibly funny people have gone and seen the show and tweeted about it and said it was it was revelatory it was it was amazing it was so great you need to see it and uh, and and then also people like Sally Field you know like big time stars have been going to this thing and taking photos they want to meet Jacqueline Novak and I'm like holy fuck so I start following Jacqueline Novak on Instagram and then she starts posting about the show and all the time she's doing it and uh, I actually talked to um, I have a friend in New York and I told her about the show I said look you should you should go see this because it's getting a lot of heat. If I could go see it, I would. I'd really, because I mean, everybody, um, I, I'll, I'll just tell you what it's about. It's literally, it's, it's obviously it's called Get On Your Knees, so you should probably have a good idea. Uh, the show is about blowjobs. And that was all I knew. But everybody's like, oh, but it's got a heart and it's this and it's a unique take from a woman. And uh, all you can hear is people describe it. But it, had, it seemed like a lot of the people who were going to see it were gay men and uh, and and women who were seeing it, and then they all were testifying that they loved it. But then uh, comedians were going to see it and saying it was this fucking a work of art. So I had told my friend, and she went to see it, and she said, "I'm really glad you told me because it is. It's fantastic." And I said, "You know, I'm I'm hoping she does a Los Angeles run next spring. I assume that she's going to tape it for Netflix at some point because also fucking Berbiglia." is talking it up and he's he's fucking telling everybody about it. I mean some heavy hitters are talking about this show and this woman. So I th- I said, well I'm going to see it eventually. Obviously it's going to appear on Netflix and I'll be able to check it out, but maybe she'll come and do a tour in the spring. Well, she her end she ended her run in New York and then she announced a 6-week run to close the year. I think it starts in December. Um and and then she's doing that through like the middle of January. And uh and I was like, all right, well I mean maybe she'll come here in the spring, but then she announced on Instagram uh, like a week and a half ago that she was going to be at Largo in Los Angeles. And I saw the notice four hours too late. By the time I went, it was sold out. I'm like, God damn it. It was one night only. And, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I want to see the show. I know it's to learn and because I hear it's great. But also I'm, I'm in, the, in the mode where it's time to start exposing. Because another thing I've always done is I don't watch stand-up. I don't watch comedians because I'm like, well, I don't want to be influenced or I don't want anybody to think that I did this. And it's like, hey, man, nobody fucking knows you at this point. So nobody's going to be like, well, you're influenced. Anyone who they think you're fucking influenced, you can go, hey, man, I've been doing this for fucking 30 years. So I'm me. Whether I see somebody else and I go, well, I was influenced by that person. Yeah, okay, you can you can be influenced by fucking anybody you want to be influenced by when you've been doing it 30 fucking years. I have a body of work behind me that shows who I am. So I, it's not like I'm some fucking guy who's going to swoop in and go, oh, look at that guy. Look at that. Who's that old man trying to be Aziz Ansari? Why, uh, <laughs> so, uh, I, I So I wanted to see the show, and then I missed the fucking sale date, and I was furious. And then the next day I woke up, and on Instagram, I just happened to see it. She had just put it up. It had only been up for like five minutes. And she said, we sold out, so we're adding a second show at Largo. And I immediately bought a ticket. Now I know you're going to bust my balls. Mike, uh, with a Hail Mary, I thought you had no money, whatever the fuck. Yeah, you're right. I didn't. But I can buy a ticket to a comedy show because I consider it, first of all, I can write it off for tax purposes. But second of all, um, I needed to go. I need to learn. I need to start doing something 
and getting out there and, and, and moving forward. And this allows me to move forward. It lets me take, uh, let me take stock of what's out there and learn. I want I, I can't stress enough. This is it's it's you know, I want to go see it because I want to be entertained, but also I'd like to learn from somebody. So the show was uh tonight, Wednesday, and I went to Largo and uh uh Jacqueline came out, she did her show, and I I uh it was funny, the show I would say probably hmm, three fifths women in the crowd. That's what I would say, probably three fifths. Uh eh. Eh, <laughs> but a lot of women, a lot of gay dudes, clearly. Um, and then you could, cause you'd hear snippets of conversations in the lobby. <laughs> like I go in and I was alone, man. I just, like I said, I went by myself and I, cause again, nobody wants to fucking pay to see comedy. None of my friends, cause they're all fucking comedians. But I, I, I had to, I had to go cause I, I've heard great things. So I go in and it turned out, I, like I said, I bought my ticket right away. Dude, I had a seat, um, if, if I was in the center aisle of seats, I would have been in the third row, but I was in the first row stage left first seat, first row stage left. And I was like, I, that was great. Also, I was on, I was on the end, which is fine with me because I'm a giant. Um, but then people started coming in, they started taking photos and there was a buzz, man. And I, I miss that buzz, you know, from going to clubs and going out and doing stuff. I, uh, yeah, you know, I've, I've started to do more going out. I I went to, uh, I went a couple weeks ago. I I didn't talk about this on here. Uh, I had a friend in town and and she and I went to go see Pardo. We went to see Jimmy at flappers. And, uh, I was, you know, my friend is a huge Jimmy guy, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy girl. (laughs) And she wanted to go and, uh, and, uh, you know, she, cause she was coming out on this trip. She had a concert to go to. She was going to see Jimmy as well. And she's like, you know, it'd be cool if you went to see Jimmy. And I told her, I go, look, I don't, I usually don't go to comedy shows. I just don't because um, it's weird for me because I find myself in a position where I'm like, Jesus Christ, I wish I was doing this. And I get that. And she was like, okay, well, I understand. And then, uh, you know, a couple of days went by and in my head, I kept going, well, you want to go. You want to see Jimmy. Fucking Jimmy's hilarious. And uh, and isn't it about time you fucking grew up and stopped going, well, I'm, you know, I'm sad or I'm jealous or I'm just disappointed that I'm not the one doing it. So fucking what? Go laugh. Go watch people that are funny and fucking and 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 dig the show, man. Have a good time. So, uh, so I did. This was this is a month ago. I went to see fucking Shooter at Flappers, and uh, you know he was gracious. I texted him. I said, "Hey, you know I'm I'm going, and this this woman's in town." And he's like, "Well, I'll put you on the list." And I said, "You, you don't have to do that. I'm just telling you we're coming." But he was great. He got us, he got us uh, in and then we went and sat, I sat in the back. Of course, I'm not going to sit in the front and be, what am I going to be? Fucking, I'm going to be part of the act. Fuck that. But I went and sat in the back and it was Jimmy Pardo and uh, Matt Donaher, who is Jimmy's opening act. And uh, Maggie May was the opener. And it was funny because Maggie May, you know, I don't know Maggie May, but I follow her on Twitter. I think she's very funny. Uh, so it was wild that she's the opening act out of nowhere. I was like, all right, cool. I think she was, she's a, I think she was a writer for, for Fallon or something like that. Whatever. She was opening. Um, and she goes up and she does a set. She's, she's real good. And, and, uh, and, and then she brought up a guest set and her the guest set, uh, unbelievably Carol Leifer was in town to do a guest set at flappers. And she has a showtime special coming out in like, a, she's taping it or something in like a month or, and so she was running bits. And, and again, that was inspiring because this is a 64 year old woman 
who is he she still has piles of Seinfeld money. She fucking you know, created the show, wrote on it. I don't know if she got a creative credit, but she wrote on it. And uh and she's a big fucking deal. She was a big deal before I even started doing stand up back in the eighties when I, I when I was watching and she was on all the time on all the shows, Carson, everything. So she's a name, man. And and for me to see her there going up to do ten minutes just because she wants to try to get the verbiage out because she's taping a special in New York in a month. And I was like, this is the work. This is the fucking work. This is what you do. You go and you, and the, and the hang is also so important, man. The hang where you hang with comedians and you talk and you shoot the fucking shit and you get on their radar. That's the, that's the deal. The highlight of me doing stand up when I was a kid, when I first started was seeing the other comedians realize I was good. I can't tell you the 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 value in that. You know, they did that show on Showtime where it was called I'm Dying Up Here. And Jim Carrey had the thing where he's like, hey, man, you didn't give a fuck about being that funny on stage. You wanted to be the funniest guy in the parking lot. And, dude, I fucking felt that when he said it. Because we would do the show and then we'd all be in the parking lot fucking busting balls. Then we'd go to Denny's or whatever. We'd be at some late night diner, canners, whatever, until fucking four or five in the morning. Just being funny around a table. Just being fucking idiots. And you wanted to be, you wanted that reputation. And I, you know, I was able to get it where I was quick and I was funny. Um, and I know this sounds like me jerking off and I don't mean it to be. I was playing poker. I'll, I'll tell you this. There was this, <laughs> we were playing poker the other night. It was me, fucking Dwyer, uh, Siegel, Pat Francis, Chip Chinnery, all the, the regular guys, you know, and, and it was a light game, just a few guys. But um, I, I don't even remember what I said, but there was some, someone said something, someone said something else. And I said something, I topped it. I was like, I banged it out. And Dwyer just started fucking laughing. And he looks at me and he goes, you know, that's why we're funny. He goes, that's why you're funny, Schmitty. That's why we're all funny. We say things and we say them quickly and they're just appropriate and funny. We were, we were laughing about it. But to have Bill Dwyer, who I fucking think is one of the funniest guys on the goddamn planet and one of the coolest guys to boot, look at me because to make him blur, to make him laugh is fucking killer. It's like when I made Jimmy laugh. You just want to make, I wanted to make Jimmy laugh all the fucking time. I want to make Dwyer fucking laugh. I want to make Siegel, Pat, all my friends. I want to make everybody fucking laugh. The first hour of this podcast, I was standing. <laughs> but that's the key, man. I want to make people, I, want, I, I love making people laugh. And also making people laugh in a room. Like doing this is great. I love it. And I love you guys hearing me and I love the feedback and the response, but I don't get the immediate feedback. I don't get to hear from people. That's why our buddy Dave Fogerson, uh, you know, he, he writes me and tells me good things. And then uh, I forget who, Jesus Christ, is it Jay? We have another guy. Uh, he's, he's just fucking amazing. And he's doing recaps of, of the shows and he posts them to the, to the Joker's page. You know, I'm going to look it up now because I'm that fucking kind of idiot right now. I'm going to go ahead and pull up the West Side 86 Joker's page. Is it Jay Campbell? I think it is. Hold on. Let's scroll. We got to scroll here. Um, he's He listens to shows and then he puts up a, uh, a thing on, on the Joker's page where he re- basically breaks down what he what we heard. He's like, here's what we heard on this this week's show. Jason Kaufman. Sorry, not Jay Campbell. Jason Kaufman does it. Sorry, Jason. I apologize. You're our, you're my good friend and you know that. Um, but Jason and he'll go episode. He'll put up the episode number and he'll go. Mike did this, said this, this, this and this breakdown. And I, I love it. It makes me so happy because it's some feedback to know that somebody listened. When, when people write me, like our friend Jamers will send me a text or somebody will be like, Jesus Christ, dude, I almost spit water when you said that. Like, I mean, I, 
that I fucking love it. And I was, you know what I was real happy with last week? Mech sent me a note and he's like, dude, fucking first half of the show is hilarious. And, and, uh, God damn you. Cause again, to make Mex laugh is fucking gorgeous to make my buddy Dennis laugh to make anybody that's, I, I, I love it so much. And doing it in a room here by myself is always a little hanky. I like doing it. I make myself laugh and I know when I'm fucking hilarious and I know when I say things that are goddamn hysterical, but at the same time, the feedback's not the same when you're in a room when you're making somebody laugh. So when I made Dwyer laugh at poker or Siegel fucking cracks up or chip or anybody, it's just, uh, it's just gorgeous. You know, it's just, it's just different to do it in a fucking room. So I go to flappers and I'm there and, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's all you want to do is you want to make people laugh. So Kara Leifer's doing the work. She's doing the hard fucking work. She's out there doing 10 minutes because she's got a fucking special. And again, the hang is so important, just hanging with people. And just I, I, I can't stress to you how much I love it. I mean, I'm sure you have the same thing with people that you work with or people you know or, or uh, Colette's in an improv group. You know, you make those people laugh. It's fucking great. So Donaher goes up. And I haven't met Matt, you know, I don't know Matt, but, but boy, that guy's a fucking joke machine. Holy shit. Like I, cause was, what was really funny is, uh, my friend came to town and she said, yeah, I want to go see my friend do comedy. Uh, cause again, she, we were making plans while she was here, but also she's like, she was in town to see a concert. She was in town to see a friend do comedy. She was going to see Jimmy. So she had her own agenda while she was here. And I said, cool. Just let me know if you can fit me in for anything. So she, uh, she then went to a show called Scott Neary's booby trap. Now Scott's a really funny guy, cool guy in town, but the comedian she was supposed to see wasn't there. And I said, Oh, okay. So then we go to flappers and they say, Donna, her's the opener. And she goes, Hey, Matt's actually who I was going to go see at booby trap the other day. And I'm like, what? Seriously? I said, Oh, okay. Because she's a hardcore, never not funny fan. She loves Jimmy. She's seen him a bunch of times. She, you know, fucking meet and greets, all that stuff. She loves him. Uh, so then I kind of look like sort of a big shot. Cause I sort of know Jimmy a little bit. I don't know if you guys are aware of that. Um, and this girl, like she didn't listen to never not funny when I was on the show, she listened to never not funny after I was gone, she showed up and she's then has heard me subsequently in, in like guest appearances. So that's how I came on her radar, I suppose is that. And, um, but we, so we go together to go watch Jimmy and then Donahue goes up and I mean, cause Carol and Carol, uh, you know, Carol's a fucking pro. She's just a pro. She went up there, did her 10 minutes, fucking getting ready for her special. And then Donahue went up. And like I said, joke machine, just bang, bang, bang. Just that fucking kind of uh, not Chris Fairbank style, but, but kind of rapid fire jokes like Chris does. Chris does a different brand of humor, but, but very much like anything that Matt said was like, a uh, almost like a, a Wendy Liebman, if that makes sense. Just like fucking da, 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 Everything's a fucking banger. And I was like, man, that guy, and I even looked at, at, at my friend and I go, Jesus Christ, he's a, this guy's a fucking joke machine. She goes, yeah, I told you he's really funny. I'm like, awesome. And then, uh, you know, Matt finishes and then they, of course they bring up Jimmy and, uh, I mean, he's, he's just the fucking best. If you guys, if you haven't seen Jimmy live, go see fucking Jimmy live. It's ridiculous. It's this, it's this bizarre magic trick of how the fuck does he do it? But he, he brings the whole room together. He talks to people, he fucking, and it's different every time you see it. You know what I mean? Where he, I mean, some of the bits might be the same, but the crowd work is never the same. And he's just, and he had, it was funny. He had brought Oliver to the show, his son and, uh, and Danielle, I guess was there as well. Uh, at least I, that's what, you know, I assumed that when he was on stage and he's calling people out and talking and he, and then he hears me laugh and he looks up and he's like, Oh Jesus. So he, he's like, Oh, Schmitty. And he, he talks to me a few times during the show. Um, 
it was just fucking great. So then, and there's this chemistry with Jimmy and I, where if I'm in the room, he'll start doing these weird sub references that like someone might not get. Like I'll mention Tom Pashorek or something like that. You know, some ridiculous, goofy ass fucking thing, some old baseball player or anything that he knows I'm gonna laugh at because it's stupid. And anybody else who comes along for the ride, that's fucking great too. But it was just, it was just, man, it was great. It was so fun to be in a club. I loved it. I just loved it. And, uh, and then we're sitting there, Jimmy finishes and Maggie goes up, she's doing a, a, like a giveaway and I'm at the back table and, uh, Donner comes walking up and he goes, Hey, uh, and I said, Oh, and I, I thought he wanted to talk to, um, my friend. Uh, and he, he, he came up to me and he goes, Hey, he goes, I just want to, I just want to tell you something. And he, and he shook my hand and he goes, I grew up listening to never not funny. And uh, you are just the funniest fucking guy in the world. And I just got to thank you because I never got a chance to meet you and tell you so. But man, you were you were amazing on that show and I loved it so much. And uh, I mean, you know, is, is it going to get better than that? Probably not. You know, I just just any time. It's, it's awesome when anybody recognizes me from this show or any show or hears me on something. I told you I've been recognized from my voice before. I was at a barber shop. And I talk, I talked to somebody and this guy turned around and he looks at me and he goes, Mike Schmidt. And I go, yeah. And he knew me from never not funny. I mean, I, it's just, that's happened a few times in grocery stores, whatever the fuck. Um, and it's, it's never not fantastic and it's never not humbling. And it's, it's never not something that I completely appreciate. Uh, you know, because again, I'm not, you're not listening to me now, if it's not for never not funny. So for, and so I had just watched Matt kill. He's working all over the place. He's doing clubs. He's fucking funny as hell. And he comes up to me and tells me that I'm, I'm incredibly funny. And and he grew up listening to me and just, Oh my God, dudes, it just, and you know, he does it in front of my friends. So I kind of look even more like a hitter and that's pretty cool. And she's like, Oh wow. Okay. And, um, so then I take her, we go meet uh, with Jimmy because Jimmy's doing, he's talking, everybody's whatever. But we went in the back and there, and there Danielle was there and it's Danny and, and Oliver and Jimmy. And, uh, you know, I said hi to Matt again. And then I, we, we just hung out and then I got a couple of pictures. My friend wanted a couple of pictures with Jimmy and I took those with her. Um, and just, it, and just the hang, the hang is the coolest, you know, they're clear. And also there's that weird sound where they're moving out of the people, the people out for the first show and they're going to get the second show rolling. And, I, it, I used to work in clubs all the time and I, I love it. God damn, do I love it? I have to admit it and I have to go back. That's the thing. It's like, I, I just have to go back. And so these sorts of experiences lead me in that direction. You know, when I tell you this is the year of, I will, I'm not fucking around, man. I mean, I, I need to start doing stand up again in a meaningful way. I need, I need not, you know, not only coming out to you guys and doing theaters, but I need to do clubs. I need to do stand up in addition to the long form stories. I just, I need to get back and I need to get on people's radars and I need them to fucking see me and realize just who the fuck they're dealing with, man. So hearing all this stuff about Jacqueline's show, I'm like, all right, well, I got to go. And I wanted to go. I got the ticket. I get there tonight. And, um, having done my own one man thing, you know, success is not an option. Um, I, like I said, I was looking to learn tonight and she came out on stage and she went, this is the first thing I learned. She walks out on stage and she goes right into it. And, uh, she did this self-referential thing where she referred to the, the walking out, uh, and said, it's always weird for me to just walk right out to the microphone. It's strange to come out and have confidence. And, and I totally related to that. And then I, you know, I don't want to give too much away about the show. 
other than to say it was um, it was a very tight narrative. And I said it's about blowjobs. Um, it is. That's the framework for the show. But she also imparts a whole lot of stuff of what it means to be a woman and dealing with men and uh, dealing with life and um, becoming a woman from a, from being a girl. Uh, just, just, but also, but always funny. There's not a schmaltzy moment in the fucking show. And she actually has a great thing where she says, uh, the lesson here. And then she takes a beat and she goes, there is no lesson. I'm, I'm an entertainer. All I want to do is entertain you and make you laugh. Cause I am after all a nightclub act. And she smiles and it's fucking perfect. It's pitch perfect. The way she delivers it. Um, and I, I will, as, as someone who enjoys language. Holy fuck. Does that girl know how to use language woman? I'm not trying to be that guy, but whatever the fuck, uh, she, that is one sharp comedian boy. She is fucking tearing it up and, and writing bits and circles and a lot of language, a lot of words, um, that, that all perform in service, nothing wasted, nothing fucking wasted. It all performs in service of the narrative. And, and it was, absolutely gorgeous. I just, I laughed my balls off. I mean, I was just like, I was laughing. I clapped. I've clapped a bunch of times. Um, and not, not, I wasn't trying to fit in or some weird things. I'll tell you this. This is totally funny. I'm sitting there and a dude, this dude walks in with his girl and they sit next to me and I'm, you know, I'm a giant and we're in theater seats. So I look at him and I go, Hey, look, dude, I apologize. I don't mean to squish you. And he goes, that's okay. I've seen worse. And, uh, and there's a beat and I go, is that supposed to make me feel better? And he goes, pardon me? I go, you, I literally, I was like, I was like, I'm telling you, I'm a big guy. And you're like, you've seen worse. Like, is that, I like, I didn't, I'm not the worst. And I guess, I mean, it just seemed like such an odd thing to say. I said, I'm not the worst you're going to see. Of course not. And he goes, oh no, I didn't mean it like that. I go, no, I understand. I'm, I'm teasing. We're having fun. Uh, and he goes, okay. And he just, he wanted nothing to do with me. He turns around and talks to his girl, but, but just like, I've seen worse. Well, fuck you. Yeah. Of course you've seen fucking worse. I'm not a monster. Um, but the the whole show, like I said, I'm laughing, I'm clapping, I'm digging her. She's really funny. This fucking dude doesn't laugh once. Not once. And it, believe me, I would have known if he'd laughed because we were physically touching and I would have felt his body shake at least a little bit. Even if I didn't hear him chuckle or laugh, I would have felt him kind of, huh, you know, that kind of deal. Nope. I mean, his girl loved the shit out of the show. She was fucking laughing her ass off. But he was just, he literally at one point, he was slumped down with like his, his ankles crossed and his arms crossed on his chest, just looking. And, uh, and it made me laugh. I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude, is this, is this really, is it hitting hard for you or you're just not going to give it up? Like, what, what are you doing? Why are you in this kind of harsh judgment pose? But he was, um, and he was wrong. He was fucking wrong. Cause I can be that person. Cause I'll tell you what, I also watch the show in addition to watching it as an audience member and laughing. I watch it as a comic. Now as a comic, you watch a lot of stuff. And uh, you, you shouldn't have done that. No, this should be here. No, this joke should be here. No, you shouldn't. Don't tip the bit. Don't do this. I think I talked on the air about like that. Um, uh, if I didn't, um, what the fuck? If I said this already, I apologize. Saturday Night Live did a sketch about the Joker called Oscar, called Grouch. And uh, and it was a Sesame Street-based sketch where Oscar the Grouch turns, or you know, a guy named Oscar who's a garbage man turns into Oscar the Grouch. And it's a really cool idea. I thought it was totally funny. I loved the way they did it. I thought it was really, uh, uh, it's a smart idea, and I, I really liked the way it was executed. However, in the first beat, it's Daniel Harbour and uh, Chris Red, I think is his name. He's totally, that dude's fucking hysterical. And they're garbage men. And uh, Oscar says something, and Chris Red says, gee, Oscar, why you got to be such a grouch? And I, I you're, 
The sketch just started. There's no reason to tip the bit. There's no reason to give the, for that exposition to be there. None. It's it's a it's an incredibly lazy oversight because I know what they thought. They thought we need to give this line early so people get the premise right out of the box. No, man, you let the fucking premise dawn on everybody as they start to see Bert and Ernie buying crack in a fucking alleyway and they see Guy Smiley doing the news on television. Eventually it unfolds for you and you go, oh, oh, and then you flash back to the garbage man and you go and his name is like his name tags Oscar. Even if you want to show his name tag, whatever the fuck you don't go, you don't have the other guy in the beginning of the sketch go, man, Oscar, why are you such a grouch? Because you've just... That's it. You gave the bit away. The whole bit is given away. There's no reason now to unfold it. You should just have him then be a grouch right away and it's over. Uh, and I recognize most people don't watch it like that. They just go, oh, this is hilarious. But as it's my job, I watch things critically and I, and I go, this doesn't, this word doesn't belong here. I mean, I used to do it with fucking, you know, cause I wrote on shows and I was the fucking Bonaduce whisperer. I was the Pardo whisperer. I'd walk up and I go, all right, you can do this. Here's a bit. Here's three bits. Here's three lines. You can cut this. You know, I, I, I was respected by the guys I worked with because I had an ear for funny. And I also could, I could give you a joke in five words. If someone's going to deliver it in 15, I'd give it to you in seven. Um, and and that's bizarre thinking about a guy who does four hour podcasts. I know I can give you, I can also give you a million fucking words. Who the fuck knows? Um, but that's a muscle I don't get to use anymore. And that's what I'm saying. I have to start using it more and more. I have to write bits that are bits, not chunks, but watching her, you know, and like, so I'd listened somewhat with a critical ear. And I mean, there's, 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 <laughs> there's one word she uses like four or five times. She uses the word imprecise. And she said it easily five times during the show. And it's such a good word choice that you notice it when it's used multiple times. That's all. It doesn't take away from my enjoyment of the show. I loved it. And when she used it, it was appropriate to use it. And she even makes a mention at one point about, about loving the thesaurus. She goes, my favorite dictionary is the thesaurus. She goes, oh my God, why do I bother with definition? Just give me five words that are like that word. It's awesome. Which is fucking, that's a brilliant thought. Um, but it makes me laugh that she has a, a tiny throwaway chunk about, uh, oh man, I love the thesaurus. And then she uses the word imprecise five times, which is, and again, not being critical. Uh, this is the kind of shit a producer or a director or a collaborator would say, but as an audience member who gives a fuck, it worked every single time it worked. She said it, it was great, but I, I, but I enjoy watching things like that. I enjoy going, no man, it should be this. No, it should be that. No, cut this, move this. Uh, and I used to get paid to do that. It was fucking awesome. So, uh, I learned, I learned watching her come right to the microphone. Cause when I did, when I did my one man on the road, I, I would come out and just fucking do stand up for like an hour before I even got to the narrative. Uh, and that's just, I, I, as much as I want to be indulgent and let people listen to me and I want to go on and on and on. And people were very kind to me when I did the road and they told me, Jesus Christ, I can't believe that like three hours blew by. Uh, I know that there were still some people who were like, Jesus Christ, I can't believe I have scoliosis because you made me sit in a fucking wooden chair for three hours and 45 minutes. You fuck. And I get that, man. I, I totally understand it. So that was another thing I learned tonight. She did a 90 minute show. I mean, on the fucking nose, eight fifteen, nine forty five. And, uh, and I, I actually could have, and, and, you know, she allows herself, uh, to live in the narrative. 
you know, it's not tightly scripted in a point where you're just like, oh, I can see the beats coming. She, she lives in it. And I think she probably changes it to what she wants to say. She's very, very, very precise in her language. But at the same time, she allows herself to live within it, you know, and, and, uh, and also she's smart enough to be able to bring other things to life, uh, without having it sound like anything that she's written. You know I mean? I, I, cause I mean, look, she may have the whole fucking thing scripted out to the word and I wouldn't be surprised, uh, because of how good it, how well it's written, but it would shock me because she's such a good performer. It did not seem like that was something that was memorized or scripted in, in any real consequential way. It was fucking fantastic. It was great stuff. Go see it. You got to see it. Um, but I watched her do 90 minutes and kill it and finish with the flourish and the fucking, you know, lights go down, the song hits, and then she takes, you know, it gets a standing ovation, fucking four bows. And, uh, and I loved it. I mean, I, I stood up, I was clapping. I went, I went, I just, I thought she was so good. And it, it was, and it showed me that you can do 90 minutes. You don't have to come out and be like, Oh, you know, I don't know how to do 90 minutes. I had to do three hours or whatever the fuck. You know, she hit every fucking note she had to hit and the fucking, it was just clean. It was a clean performance and it was really funny and I'm lucky for having to see it. I'm glad it came to LA even for two days, you know, and, and it's going to be in, it's in New York for six more weeks. Uh, I think it starts in December. It's something called the Cherry Hill Theater possibly or something. I don't know. Just Google it. Fucking follow her on Instagram, Jacqueline Novak. And, uh, you know, she, she got a ton of heat. She wanted about Seth Meyers, you know, because this, they went crazy about this show. Everybody loves it and they should, because it is so well-written, but she lives within it to the point where it's not like this tightly wound creation. It's a living thing. And she allows herself to, to live within it, but also still fucking surgical. And, and the language in it is fucking perfect. And it's just really amazing and inspirational because I learned. I learned you can do a 90-minute show. I learned you could probably do a 60-minute show. I learned um, I learned to trust yourself. And, you know, obviously I've talked about this many times before. You work at the top of your intelligence. You don't just fucking, you don't meet your audience down at the bottom. You make them come up and meet you at the top. Um, you lift everybody up with you. You know, you work, you work smart and everybody will appreciate it. She did. She was fucking smart. I mean, crazy smart. And, uh, and just, and just fucking a show that was smart and funny and, and gut punch funny in, in a lot of fucking spaces. And, uh, and I mean, man, she's, she's going to be a fucking name to deal with either as a writer or I mean, you know, it's always, it's funny because there's always comedians you see and you're like, Oh, and then they, they also, they make a movie like Kumail Nunjani or whatever the fuck. You know, he's a stand-up. I know him as a stand-up. And all of a sudden, he writes a movie about, like, his fucking wife's, I don't know, rubella or whatever the fuck she had. Would she have cholera? <laughs> I don't know. And then that movie's, like, a big fucking thing, and he's nominated for an Oscar. And then he's a movie star. And you're like, Jesus fucking Christ. You know, Gabriel Iglesias is a dude. He's just a stand-up. You say just a stand-up, but that dude, you know how Leno has a fucking warehouse filled with cars? Gabriel Iglesias has one of those filled with, like, VW buses. This dude collects VW buses. Like, like I'm collecting Funkos that you guys give me. This motherfucker's got a three layer fucking garage filled with VW buses. He's worth like $35 million. Last year he made 35 million. Um, and she's, she's someone who should do that. She's going to, she's going to be a a screenwriter. She's going to write a movie. She's going to do something and it's going to be fucking successful and it's going to be smart. And I'm glad I saw her now. Because it'll be one of those deals where you go, yeah, you know, I actually saw Get On Your Knees when it was in the fucking initial run. Uh, I'm sure she, and it's funny, 
I don't know how many times she workshopped, but I'd like to find out. I'd like to find out where she workshopped it, how many times she did it, where she was working, what she was doing. Uh, because like I said, I workshopped my show once and then just took it on the fucking road and trusted that I could fucking nail it. If I put the actual fucking work in where I sat down and just honed every goddamn word and, um, but can I, can I, do I still have that muscle? Do I still have that talent? Can I still sit down and write something that's just fucking vicious rapier like, and just can, and can tear you apart. I want, I want to see. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to, to learn. I'm excited to go, you know, after going to flappers and seeing Jimmy and, and, and just watching him be fucking Jimmy and realizing he should be that much bigger than he already is. He stays, he should be, he just fucking should be. And then seeing this woman get standing ovations tonight and, and, you know, for like, for like a two minutes standing ovation, two or three minutes, everybody was just there clapping. They turned the lights on and off four different times and she just basked in it, man. And, and she deserved it. And, um, and then I watched her and I thought to myself, that was fantastic. And when I watched Jimmy, I go, that was fantastic. But there was also another thought that was just base of my skull both times when I watched these shows. I can do that. I'm not sure if I can do it as well, but I can do that. And in fact, I've done that. I've received standing ovations. I've done long form stories and long form shows with a narrative. I've done stand up in clubs. I've done this and I stopped. Why? Fucking why, man? And the penance I have to pay is that I've got to start at the bottom. But you know what? That's a small price to pay because if I'm as good as I think I am, let's put it this way. If I'm as good as I used to be, I won't be at the bottom for long. But you have to be at the bottom and stand up. You got to go do fucking open mics. You got to do whatever you can to run a bit here and there and whatever the fuck. And that's fine. But I mean, eventually I'll get on radars and eventually I'll start doing shows. And um, and it's coming, man. It's fucking coming. And I know all the time I do this and I drop this. It's going to happen. Boo-hoo-ha. But um, but there's nothing wrong with speaking things into existence to a certain extent. And there's nothing wrong with manifesting things. And there's nothing wrong with sharing your confidence with people who love you. And these are hopes and these are dreams and, and I've talked about them every week and it seems like I constantly now I'm getting out of fucking viola and playing myself a song and telling you guys, I will do it, I promise, and all that fucking bullshit. And I don't mean to be that cat. But uh but every week, man, it gets stronger. Every week there's more reason. Every week, every week. And I talked last week about that Hail Mary. Not here yet. We'll see what happens tomorrow. I'm still waiting. But if that shows up, then um and even if it doesn't show up, I gotta change everything. But if that shows up, it'll make it a tiny bit easier. But still, the, the, the point is, um, you know, I, 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 I'm going to be in Ireland next year in, in May, June, and I'm doing a fucking show. And what I'd like to do is I'd like to be doing the first real run of whatever this show I'm going to write is. I don't know if it's just going to be stories. I don't know what I'm in a group. If there's going to be a narrative, I'm not sure. I haven't figured it out yet. It's not just going to be me jerking off though. It's not just going to be a podcast or a live this, or I just show up because, um, you know, I think I've talked about this on here before Sammy Hagar, who it's ridiculous for me to bring him up at this point, but it's true. Sammy Hagar, uh, he, he, he had a, a thing and he said, uh, you know, when you come to town, man, you get one chance to show these fucking people who you are. I mean, these people paid for tickets and a babysitter and they came out to see you and, uh, and you know, yeah, you get to go to the next town, but they're, you're going to leave your memory, uh, their memory of you with them. And if you fuck it up, they'll never forgive you. 
And, uh, and I haven't been out there to see you guys. I mean, look, I made the most of it in 2011 and 2012. I did shows from fucking Milwaukee to Atlanta to it from Austin to Portland. And, uh, and I, I left it all out there, man. I fucking, there was not one performance where I was like, nah, that wasn't a good performance. And you want know it's this is the total truth. You know, the one performance that I actually did not, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I actually loved was the actual CD recording. And it's because I had to cut so much from the original narrative of stuff. And I had to adhere to doing the show in a, uh, disciplined fashion. It threw me off. And so to this day, man, Hey, I love my CD. But it's it's nowhere near as good as my Atlanta show was or nowhere near as good as my Boston show was or nowhere near as good as either of the Austin shows were or or nowhere near as good as fucking Portland or or St. Louis. You know, I mean, it's just I did these fucking cities. Cleveland was a great show. I mean, I, I the the CD is literally I would rank it like last of, of all of the performances that I did, which is crazy. Um. And I don't want to have that feeling again. And I want, I want to do, look, I know CDs are dead and whatever the fuck, but maybe, you know, I'd like to do something that winds up streaming. I'd like people to hear me. I, I, and I know you don't need to hear me getting fucking, you know, boohoo muscles on the fucking air all the goddamn time and going, you know, here's what I want to do. And this is, I'm strong. I could do this, but I will. I fucking will. I saw Jimmy do it a fucking month ago. I saw Jacqueline Novak tonight. And I mean, I can fucking do that, man. I've done it, done it in the past. The key is, will you let yourself do it again? The key is, can you go out and do it again and, and, and be as good as you were or better? And I got two words for you. I fucking will. You guys can get me at Mike at Mike You guys can be my friend at facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy. You can follow me at twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy. I'm at all of those places. You know where else I am? Instagram. I am. I'm at Snapchat. I actually did a Snapchat video this week. <laughs> I was sitting in my house and I'm like, I never fucking do this. So I, I talked for like two minutes on Snapchat and I had uh, a couple of people wrote out and they're like, thank you, please do more of these. And I was like, you're very nice. Uh, so perhaps I will. I mean, but again, it's just, it's just a lot of it always, it's always this thing where I'm like, eh, it's just silliness. It's just me talking, but people are very nice and they go, yeah, we want to see this. So, hey man, follow me at Instagram and Snapchat. I'm Mike40YOB. Will there be photographs going up? There will. Will there be more of uh, Snapchat stuff happening? There will. Uh, you need to see it, man. You need to be part of my media empire. Like I said, I've got uh, uh, Facebook. I've got Twitter. I've got Instagram. I've got Snapchat. I've got a bunch of other stuff. I'll tell you about it on the other fucking side of the plugs. But right now I'm going to tell you about Ryan Dirks. He's the web guy for our show. He's on my week, uh, my six week list of things I've got to do uh, before the end of 2019, getting into 2020. Uh, but you can put on your to do list being his friend at Facebook, facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks, and then write him and tell him that you love him, which seems weird because he's got a wife. But why not? Tell him you love him. Hey, it's time to tell people we love them. World's ended. Whole world's over, man. Wormer dropped the big one. Uh, so go ahead and tell people you love them. Like, you know who else? David Mex Hernandez. Go ahead and write him a note and tell him that you love him. David, uh, it's uh, be his friend at Facebook, facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. You can be his friend there. And uh, while you're there, peruse his photos, if you will, and look at all of his artwork that he's got up there. He's done a fucking amazing amount of artwork. It's great. And actually, we have a Facebook fan club page for this show called the West Side 86 Jokers page. Uh, if you just put in Mike Schmidt fan club, should come up, but also put in West Side one word, 86 Jokers, and try to find it and join the club. Why not? Why wouldn't you? But if you join the West Side 86 Jokers, you'll see all the cool ass artwork David has done for that page. And also, like being his friend at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez, you'll see all of the artwork he has created. Um, 
profile photos he's done for my particular page, all the stuff for 86 Jokers. Um, He's got folders you can browse through with paintings. And and again, he does all sorts of amazing work. Uh, And you can also see it on his website, artbydmh.com. You can go there and check out the corporate stuff that he's done. There's guy cons, there's Valscapes, all sorts of neat stuff that he's done. And also he can work for you. Did you know that? Well, if the holiday season up, you should know that right now. This motherfucker can do whatever you ask, whatever you need. He works in oils. He works in watercolors. Ah, oils might be a little, I think we're, we might be too close to Christmas, but I don't know what the fuck. I don't know anything about paint. What the fuck am I? Bob Ross? Uh, happy little, happy little swear words, happy little fucks. Uh, but you go ahead and hire him. Go ahead and do that. You want to do that. And here's the thing. He's got a closed group on Facebook. If you want to see some of the caricature work that he's done or some of the other painting stuff he's done, this motherfucker's got a goddamn page called, uh, that's dumb. This is dumb. You're dumb. I'm dumb. Or it's called, this is dumb. That's dumb. You're dumb. I'm dumb. It's one of those. Uh, but if you join, you know, if you become his friend on Facebook, you'll be able to see it there because he posts it on his page all the goddamn time. But you want to join that page. It's a, uh, it's a clandestine group of people. And you'll have to answer three special questions to be, be part of the page. Cause it's a closed group. And it's just, uh, it's a bunch of people who hate the world. It's a bunch of misanthropes who put up memes and make fun of shit. And you know, Dave's the ringleader and he's got characters there. He's got some hot chick who showed her nipples today. Eh, not technically, but I mean, sort of He's got slumpus. He's got ground beef, George, and he's got all those other people, a bunch of, a bunch of amazing characters he's created. I'm getting the names wrong. And I know that, but it's funny to me to do that. And he's going to yell. Uh, but join that group. That's dumb. This is dumb. You're dumb. I'm dumb. And, uh, and be in the cult with our friend, David. Why not be his friend at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. Uh, join the Westside 86 Joker. See all their artwork there, but I think you ought to go to his website because it's, that's a look, put on a tie when you go there too, by the way, this Facebook bullshit, all this group stuff and all this nonsense. You can just do it in your fucking boxer briefs. Who gives a flying fuck? However, if you can go to the website, you go ahead and put on a fucking suit, show some respect for the goddamn internet, tie that wins or not. Get it all the way up to your goddamn neck, button those cufflinks, put on that jacket, and head over to artbydmh.com. That is A R T B Y D M H dot com. Close your eyes. Have no fear. The monster's gone, he's on the run, and your daddy's here. Beautiful, 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 beautiful boy. Beautiful, 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 beautiful boy. Before you go to sleep. Say a little prayer Every day In every way It's getting better and better Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Beautiful boy Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Beautiful boy Out on the ocean Sailing away I can hardly wait To see you come of age But I guess we'll both just have to be patient Cause it's a long way to go 
There's something I forgot to mention now that I think about it. You know, I talked about how that first hour uh, was uh, was sweaty uh, and forced, and I, I didn't care for it. And like I said, there, there's probably some funny in there. There's probably a lot of funny in there. You know what? It's the funniest hour I've ever done in my life. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy who casts aspersions on himself. But uh, here's why. This is, and this is, it just struck my ear wrong. And I was in the middle of it. And then as I started to kind of wind it up in my brain, I thought I, it just, I had this, prevailing thought in my brain where, and I even told Michelle, I go, this, this just sounds like an old man bitching about stuff. I'm bitching about my friends coming to town and they want to go to this bar and I'm bitching about, uh, you know, Charlie's angels or whatever the fuck I'm bitching about people watching remakes. I'm bitching about Disney and the fucking streaming service. And, and why, what's the point? None of that affects my fucking life in the least, man. I can have it. If I have a cogent, well thought out opinion about something, then by all means, I'll vomit it out at you. But for me to just go, that stinks and this stinks and I don't get it. And that's just, dude, that's a fucking non-starter. That way danger lies because then all of a sudden you just turn into this fucking old man who's bitching about everything that fucking happens. You're shouting at clouds. You're pointing at your fucking lawn. I don't have a fucking lawn. Seriously. I, I would have to go and stand at somebody else's lawn just to get the practice in and tell somebody to get the fuck off it. I, I, and I don't want to be that guy. You know, I, it's funny when I talk about going to do stand up again, you, you can age out of stand up pretty fucking quick. You know, you can start getting your references to be dated and you can start saying the wrong things and, and, uh, and you can come off like a 52 year old dude. And always when I talk to these people, I'm, I'm like, I, I talk about being old for doing stand up. And, and I've talked about before, everybody goes, what about Lewis Black? What about Lewis Black? I'm like, great. There's one. <laughs> And then people will be like, well, what about Rodney Dangerfield? I'm like, now nah, you're going way back. Now you're going back to fucking 74 or whatever the fuck when he first showed up on the Tonight Show. And, uh, you know, you just you just have to make sure you're good or funny and you can't age out. and You got to stay current. And I try to know as much stuff as I possibly can. Um, and you, and you can't just be these kids today and this stupid Disney and that dumb thing. And I, there's no there's nothing there. That's that's the laziest. That's the lowest hanging fruit you can find. And so I, I, I shouldn't have done that. And it just struck me. That's one of the reasons why I wrapped it up. I'm like, this is just fucking dumb. I'm just bitching. I'm just fucking moaning and pissing about stuff that, that really I don't. And I might get the Disney streaming. Okay. That might be cool. I don't mind that. That sounds okay. Depending on the price. Uh, there are things that I like that you might think are stupid. And you know, I fucking, 
I liked Kiss growing up. Everybody thought that was dumb. I like fucking wrestling. I don't know. There's just there's just no reason because people still go on Kiss cruises. They go I because Max does it. He's like I fucking hate hair metal and he makes fun of it all the time. And I'm like yeah, well that's cool. Some people like hair metal, man. I mean, and so now when I'm bitching at my friends going to the fucking whiskey or the troubadour. Uh, why? Why the fuck am I bitching about it? Who cares? Go have fun. I don't. I'm not. I don't have to go. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, I because I've you know why? Because I've seen all those bands five fucking times each, so I don't need to. But there's no reason for me to be uh, aggressively against anybody loving the things that they love. It's just foolishness. And so this first hour today, uh, it it struck me as very sour. And I don't want to be sour. I don't. I don't. You know, I don't feel old. I don't feel like an old man, even though you, know, you say my age out loud and you go, Jesus fucking Christ, that's old. And as I've always said, it's the oldest I've ever been. But at the same time, I don't, uh, I don't feel that way. When I was a kid, 52, I told you it was fucking khakis and a handful of pomade and you're smoking cigars and you're drinking beers and, and whatever the fuck. And, and, you know, you smell like electric shave and blah, you know, I'm, I'm just a guy age or, or not. I'm just, I'm, I'm me. So, uh, so I, I just don't want to fall into the trap of being the, and I, another thing I saw on TV was these kids. Oh, they were just, they were uh, hooping and a hollering and doing that crip walking. I mean, what the fuck, dude, girl, grow up, like what you like, love what you love, let everybody else love the things that they love. And also try to open your, uh, your mind and, and expand your horizons and find the good in some of these things. So uh, that's all I, I, I didn't, I didn't like it. It struck me that the the first hour of this and I'm still, but I still released it because why the fuck not? Um, it just struck me as sour. It struck me as, as a guy being a sour puss. And man, that's the last fucking thing I want to be. Um, we have sponsors. I, I, I don't know if they sponsored the first hour of the show. Hey, who sponsored a sour puss? Well, of course, it's these fantastic people uh, sponsored by two podcasts, one of which is the most amazing podcast in the world called The Paranoid Strain. You can get it right now. Hold on. In the iTunes store, you can go ahead and grab it. Oh, but I, no, I'm yawning. I, I, all right. I got to share this with you. That's the first yawn of the, of the show, I think. Um, our lovely listener, the queen of the little monsters, our friend Diane in Ohio, sent me a note. And, uh, and it said, uh, hey, every time you yawn, a ghost puts his cock in your mouth. And I, I just, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I wrote her and I'm like, you I, I don't know why you would do this. Cause you know, I'm going to think of that every single time I yawn now. And she's like, yep. Ha ha ha. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. So I'm choking on a ghost cock whenever I'm fucking yawning for you guys. So that just happened there. Look at that. And, and we should just name that was Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson just came up and just gave me a mouthful of Jefferson cock. And I'm not a fan of that. That's not good. So I, you know what I need to be? I need to be untired when I do this show. So I'm not blowing ghosts the whole fucking time. Um, all right, but I had to get that out of the way because she told, she sent me that note. And I'm just like, why would you? I don't. You've ruined me. Oh no, it's no, no fucking. Oh god, damn it! Holy fuck, Tom Bosley from Happy Days. Why'd you put your dick in my mouth? All right, uh, <laughs> um, that actually, yeah, there's actually that's again could be a running bit. I just start naming the people who stuck their dick in my mouth when I yawned. All right, uh, boy, I, this is the content you paid for, right? Isn't it? There's, is there a reason why this show? was free for 12 years. If there was, if, if you didn't think of one before, there's a good one for you right fucking now. Uh, sponsors of this show, again, the Paranoid Strain podcast is amazing. Get it in the iTunes store right now, please. Go ahead and subscribe and leave a note in the iTunes store talking about how much you like it. The, the new episode is, as I've talked about many times now, it is anti-vaxxers. Uh, it, and again, like I said, you'll learn about the sharpshooter fallacy. You'll, and I'll, I'll tell you this, that our good friend, Fearful Jesuit, wrote me 
And he said, uh, first of all, he said the Dana Unicorn is hot. As I mentioned, I, I opined on the show last week that she might be hot. He said she's hot. And then he also told me that uh, that the doctor uh, always sounds like that. Remember I said he's like a well-reasoned, really smart, bright guy, but he just sounds like he's got a fucking snoot full of fucking mucus. It's just like gross. And uh, and he's like, well, the guy always sounds like that. I, so I guess I can't pick on the fucking guy, but but at the same time, when he's trying to give me some really smart and intelligent point about what's going on with these anti-vaxxers. I'm just going, maybe you should get a fucking flu shot yourself directly into your septum because holy fuck, dude, blow your nose, man. Get some puffs or puffs with lotion, uh, which is what I buy. Cause I like to pamper my nose. I, I get the, look, I get the ultra Charmin. I get the puffs with lotion. All of my orifices are babied. Um, so <laughs> you don't fucking care. Uh, so there you go. So get the, the the Paranoid Strain podcast is available now in the iTunes store. Download it today. You'll hear the anti-vax episode. But also, if you subscribe, you get all the old episodes. If you haven't listened to those, they're fucking amazing. New one is in the pipeline. He's getting it done now. The man works hard in his podcast closet. Uh, and also, send him a note. ParanoidStrain at gmail.com. ParanoidStrain at gmail.com. Send him a note and say, hey, look, Mike fucking told us to listen and we love the show. We dig downloading it. It's fucking cool as hell. And uh, that'll make me look like a hitter. He'll be fine and he'll go ahead and keep sponsoring the show, which would make me happy. Uh, and God knows you love when I'm happy, don't you? Aren't you happy when I'm happy? We're all happy when I'm happy, correct? The Paranoid Strain Podcast, available now in the iTunes store. Download it, please, and, uh, and learn all about uh, fair maidens and cowpox and smallpox and, uh, and all those other great things. And listen to Awkward Jesuit make her debut. It's just, it's a good episode. Uh, that's, fuck that, it's a great episode. But there's a ton of other episodes, too, that are amazing. You can download and listen to all of them. Write them a note, tell them you heard about it here. The Paranoid Strain Podcast, available right now in the iTunes store. Uh, who else is doing a, a show? It's well, it's the lovely and uh, I was gonna say lovely and possible, but that's strange. The lovely and uh, talented, our good friend Rob Matsushita. Uh, he has a podcast right now that you can download in the iTunes store. It is called the Brace Yourself. Are you waiting? The it's the Knife Drop. The Knife Drop. Uh, it's about movies. It's about TV. It's about pop culture. You can get the new episode right now. It's uh, it's there. You know what? He sent me the episode, and I haven't had a chance to listen just yet, unfortunately, uh, because I was I've I've been very busy this week. I actually I'm driving people to and from the airport. I went with my friend Michelle yesterday. Uh, tonight I went to a show. Look at me being a fucking busy guy, right? Um, but I know that in this newest episode they talk about the movie Walk Hard. Now I'll tell you what. I'm kind of glad I didn't listen to the episode. I've never seen Walk Hard. I know uh, Mex keeps telling me how unbelievably fucking brilliant it is, and I need to check it out. He said he loves the fucking Beatles scene. He's all of it is just great, uh, and I've heard amazing things about it too. So I, I need to see it. So maybe I can see it, and then I can listen to this episode. That'd be good. But I, I don't need it spoiled for me, so I'm glad I didn't listen. Uh, but yeah, Walk Hard. They talk about Walk Hard. Uh, our friend Rob interviews Christopher Chen. He's an actor. They talk about Asian stereotypes and casting, and uh, and the aforementioned and poorly named Big Slim McGroovy. Uh, talks about the possibility of a non-existent movie called Death at a Preschool, which um, if that's a movie that doesn't exist, I, I say somebody needs to get on it and make a movie with that title right fucking now. Death at a Preschool. Uh, Big Slim McGroovy talks about that on the newest episode of the Knife Drop podcast, and it's available in the iTunes store right now. Go ahead and download that. And uh, and you can contact Rob through Facebook, facebook.com slash, I'm pretty sure it's facebook.com slash Rob Matsushita. Uh, is that where he is? I think so. Um, yeah, it's Rob Matsushita, facebook.com 
slash rob.matsushita. Go ahead and find him and talk to him about the knife drop. Um, it's, it's brought to you by the Mill Creek Entertainment and the Movie Street Streaming Service. Uh, movie Spree, Movie Spree Streaming Service. That's hard for me to say in the middle of the fucking night. Um, but he does amazing work on the knife drop, Rob Matsushita. And uh, check it out. Go ahead and download it now. Listen to this new one, please. And then write him a note. Tell him that uh, you heard about it on our podcast and you loved it and you dug it and you learned all about Walk Hard and all the cool ass things that you needed to know from our good friend Rob right there at the Knife Drop Podcast. Available right now in the iTunes store. Leave a review if you would. Talk about how much you liked it. Send him a note if you will on Facebook telling him that I sent you and uh, that'll make me look good. And we all know we want to make me look good. Is that correct? I think it is. Uh, cameo exists. You want to book me for a cameo? Actually, before we get into that, before we get into well, I'll, I'll finish cameo because I started it. Cameo is a phone thing. Uh, people have been very nice. And if you want to hire me to say happy Thanksgiving to some people that you love, or if you want me to say, hey, blow me this Thanksgiving to people that you hate, I can do that. Go ahead to Cameo. Download it on your phone. It's an app, uh, Book Cameo. I think it's also bookcameo.com or Cameo the app. And, uh, and you can hire me. It's just a low, low price of 20 bucks, of which I see three quarters of that. And, uh, and it's all, it all goes to the war chest. <laughs> I don't have a war chest, but it all goes to keep the lights on. So if you want to book for, uh, me for cameo, go ahead and do just that. I'm available right now through the app. And, uh, and I'm happy to tell your cousins how much you love them. I'll tell your aunt that you think her cooking is fantastic. Let's make it all positive notes for Thanksgiving. Shall we? Let's do that. Whatever you want to hire me to do, I'm happy to do it. But if you want to be a, a dick too, I'm happy to do that too. Whatever you want to do. Uh, Uber and Lyft exist. Go ahead and drive for Uber and Lyft. If you want to be a first time rider, you can use my code for Lyft, Mike72057. That's Mike72057, all caps on the mic. And for Uber, you use the code DJZW1YTTUE. That's all lowercase. DJZW, the number one, YTTUE. Use those if you're a first time rider and I get ride credit, which is fucking stupid. But if you want to be a driver for Uber and Lyft, and why wouldn't you? It's, it's sweeping the nation. Go ahead and sign up with my code and then I get money every time you, uh, well, well, you got to hit a goal. I mean, you got to spend like a month driving and then I get a big check. By a big check, I mean 50 bucks. But again, every little bit helps at this point. So if you want to be an Uber or Lyft rider or driver, please use my codes. Lyft, Mike72057. And for Uber, it is DJZW1YTTUE. Uh, we have a Twitch channel. Go ahead and check us out at twitch.com slash the 40-year-old boy. It's the 40-year-old boy Twitch channel with the super angry guy, Gene. Happy good time twitching hour. That's never just an hour. And uh, I can tell you today is Thursday if you're listening to this now. Uh, I'll be streaming pretty much every day except for Sunday. And sometimes real life gets involved. Like I, I we didn't stream this week on, on Monday and I didn't stream on Wednesday either. So I haven't streamed since Tuesday and it was only for a couple hours. I think we're going to start over Red Dead. We're going to do some of that. I'm looking for games all the time. If you have any suggestions and things like that, that's pretty cool. I, I'm looking, I like to play on the PS4. I mean, I can play Steam games and I can play other things else, but any suggestions you got, I'm go ahead and listen to them. But why not follow or subscribe to the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy, twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. Find me on there. Come watch the streams. They're fucking cool. And we got a nice little community there. There's a Discord that you'll learn about when you come and uh, you pop into the chat room. You'll find the Discord. Go ahead and join that. And uh, it's pretty cool, man. So if you would do that, I'd appreciate it very much. Support the Twitch channel, which we're trying to grow. And uh, I've got that six-week list. We've got all sorts of stuff to whore that up. we got all sorts of stuff going on. So, so go ahead and please join and follow and subscribe to the Twitch channel. Uh, I mentioned this last week. I have partnered up with SoFi, which is a cash app on your phone. And uh, if you use my link, you will get a $50 bonus. 
automatically within like a week. I get a $50 referral fee for you using it. And, uh, and that's fucking fantastic. And also here's the, get this trick. Here's a trick. Like if you use my referral code and you open up a, you've got to use a hundred bucks and you open up a cash, uh, app, it's 1.6 return. I think it's 1.6 interest, uh, APR or whatever the fuck, which is a big deal as we all know. Um, I guess that's what I'm told, but that's fine. If you open up the account with a hundred dollars, you wait a week and then you can actually take it out. I mean, I, I don't care if you keep it in there. You can go ahead and take it out if you want, but here's the thing. If you open it up with a hundred bucks, you're you're like a guy, right? And you're married. Then you tell your wife to open up her account with a hundred bucks. She uses your referral code and you get, you get 50 bucks from her or you can be super generous and have her use my referral code. And the two of you each open a separate one. And I get the dough from both of you. Um, SoFi is available. The link is available right now on the Westside 86 Jokers page. It'll be pinned to the top of the page. When you go in, there's a SoFi thing. Click through, use our code. And uh, and I uh, uh, we had a couple people use it last week. I would love to uh, to get double figures. That'd be pretty cool because, again, I get 50 bucks for everybody who signs up and, for, and opens an account. And uh, I know I'm constantly in your pocket or trying to get you to do something. But again, this costs you nothing. You put 100 bucks, you see an account with 100 bucks, and in a week, you can take that fucking money out. You don't lose anything. It's just you get your own referral code if you want to fucking use that and compete with me. Or you can give my referral code to your friends or share it with your family. And uh, and it benefits me and it benefits the show. And I would appreciate you going ahead and doing something like that. Like I said, we got a couple of people who did it. Thank you to everybody who went ahead and stepped up and opened up your SoFi account with my referral code. And I hope that other people will join us going forward because, uh, man, like I said, it's it's it doesn't cost you anything and it helps the show. And I can't think of a better combination than that. So go ahead and please use my SoFi link to open up an account and get me a referral code uh, bonus. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, also, I have a new mailing list. We're going to start uh, doing a newsletter, as I've mentioned. Uh, so that's on my list of six weeks uh, by 2020. I'm trying to gather as many possible names as I could because, unfortunately, MailChimp, David, MailChimp, MailChimp, uh, deleted. Uh, I had about 5,000 names. I think it was 4640. I think last time I checked. Um they they deleted all of my names that I had. So I'm trying to rebuild my mailing list. If you want to be on it, that's great. Now, look, I will tell you this. I'm going to start just taking addresses from people I've corresponded with via email and putting it on the mailing list. And you can go ahead and fucking opt out when the newsletter shows up, whatever you want to do. But if you want to just go ahead and cut out the middleman and say, hey, Mike, I, I, I want to be on the mailing list. Here's the address. Send me a note at heymikeadme at gmail.com. Hey, Mike, add me at gmail.com. And, uh, and then I'll know I'll have your address. I got, I think we got like 50 people this week, which was pretty cool. And I appreciate that. So, uh, let's double that or even give me another 50 this week and let's get you guys and let's get this real newsletter. Just fucking rolling, man. Um, we have, we now have one, one hundredth of the names that we had before. <laughs> so, so that's fine. Uh, but we can move forward and get even more people. If you guys want to sign up for me, that'd make me happy. Uh, at, uh, Hey, Mike, add me at gmail.com. And, uh, and I, you know, I've got to build the template for the newsletter. All the, I look, I got a list. As I've mentioned to you guys, I have a goddamn list. Uh, so we have a YouTube channel as well. Did you guys know that? I think you did. We've got a YouTube channel that is available right now. It's uh, youtube.com slash the 40 year old boy. And, um, a lot more stuff coming up there. Certainly after the new year, uh, this is another thing that I'm building. I, my friend, Joe evil has, very graciously stepped up and he has some really cool ideas for me. Uh, also Rob Matsushita is doing, uh, some really neat stuff for me. That's going to be unveiled here coming up in the future. And, uh, and I'm excited to work with them and have them just, again, people are very gracious and they step up to offer to help me because again, I don't, I'm not flush. You know what I mean? I, I, 
I, I plug Rob's podcast because he's going to be doing cool things for me. Uh, Joe's just stepping up because he's fucking cool ass Joe. And, uh, and I can't thank you guys enough. So anybody, and, and fuck, if you want to help, go ahead, write me a note. What can you do? <laughs> That's fine. Let's fucking, let's put up a barn. Let's put on a show. Let's do all that together. Um, but yeah, the YouTube channel exists. YouTube.com slash the 40 year old boy. Go ahead and check that out, please. And go to Mike Schmidt and go to the merchandise page. That's the Joe business page. And uh, there's an Amazon link on there. And that is very important that you use the Amazon link going forward again. Look, we're all going to be shopping for the holidays. So why not use the Amazon link for the holidays? Go ahead and go, uh, use the, cause it costs you nothing, man. It costs you 10 seconds to go into my website and clicking through and then you're shopping and we get money, they get money, you get stuff. It works out fucking perfectly. An amazing symbiotic relationship. Each one of us grabbing the other's wrist in an unholy triangle of profit and loss. Your loss of money, but your gain of a product indicates my gain of money. Yay. And, uh, uh, Amazon's loss of shelf space. I don't fucking know. Who knows? I, I don't think these things through. All I know is if you go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com, go to the merchandise page, click through, and there's an Amazon link. Hello. Click on that, and now you're shopping. Now you're getting things done. And look, we're all buying stuff, like I said, for Amazon. Black Friday's coming up, man. We're going to be shopping for that as well. That's next Friday. I'll talk more about that next week. Um, I'm sure a Cyber Monday is lurking at some point. But thank you so much for everybody who uses the Amazon link. And use it now for this Christmas holiday season. I would certainly appreciate it. It helps the show out immeasurably. And it costs you nothing, man. You just click through to my website and go through and use my link. And it keeps us uh, keeps the fucking lights on. And that's important. Uh, Patreon exists as well. If you want to become a patron of this show and again, more stuff coming there in 2020, uh, some stuff, I get more stuff. I've done nothing, but I mean, there's, there's stuff coming in 2020, um, dedicated, excited, and, and hope you'll be there with me and you can join Patreon. I, you know, I want to go ahead and throw out a shout out to my buddy, Jeff Thomas, uh, Jeff Thomas. I think I mentioned he, you know, he subscribed and then he had to lower his, his, uh, pledge and then he raised his pledge and then he raised his pledge again. And he wrote me a note that I haven't been able to answer yet. And, uh, and man, it just Jeff, the very fact that you're even thinking of me and, and throwing anything my way, it makes me extremely happy. Uh, you don't owe me an explanation ever. You're super nice to reach out though. And that's a, a, a nice, cool ass friend thing to do. And I appreciate it, but, let, but please know, dude, uh, I love you. Whatever you fucking give is great. Anybody who wants to become a patron at Patreon. Uh, you're the best. Thank you so much for thinking of us and supporting the show, keeping the lights on here as well with that, uh, doing it with Twitch, doing it with SoFi. Uh, get on the mailing list to get your newsletters coming your way. I mean, any using the the Amazon link, uh, it's all, it's all fucking side hustles. I know it, but it's all what's keeping the show afloat. And I appreciate you thinking of me and making it happen. And, uh, and I'm excited. And next week is fucking Thanksgiving. That's, that's, uh, uh, you know, I, I, there will be a show. Um, I'll tell you right now, I'm, I, it should be out and ready for you on Thanksgiving morning. <laughs> he said, hopefully, um, you know, I have a friend coming to town on Wednesday and I've got other stuff going on and I've got, a, I've got, a, I've got, I might cook. I'm going to cook some stuff. Who knows? I, I've got, uh, you know, I'm going to my brother's for Thanksgiving, which is going to be totally fun. And, uh, and I'm excited about that. Have I covered everything? I did the, the mailing list and Twitch and SoFi cameo Uber and Lyft before I get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I think I did. Right. Uh, I talked about our friends, fearful Jesuit and Rob Matsushita talked about Patreon. I think I covered everything. Um, I'm excited for Thanksgiving. I, my niece, I, I, I drove her home from the airport the other day and she's like, what's your favorite pie? I said, I, you know, I really, I would choose like a lemon meringue or a key lime. I like a tart pie. Like I, I like fruit pies very much. Um, but I've, my, my ultimate favorite would be a tart type of pie, like a, a, a lemon meringue. Or a key. she's like, well, I'm making a key lime. And my, I guess my niece is a baker extraordinaire. So she goes crazy around the holiday. She's like, I'm making five pies. 
I was like, how many people are coming over for Thanksgiving dinner? She's like, I think five. So we each get our own pie. She's making cran cherry. She's making apple. She's making Reese's peanut butter cup pie. She's making a key lime pie. And I forgot the fifth one she said she was making. But then I told her I like lemon meringue and that my friend liked lemon meringue. And she was like, oh, maybe I'll make that. So I don't know what. The, and she's making cookies and she's making fucking bread. And uh, yes, I know I'm getting my diet in order. I should be eating five fucking pies and I won't. But Thanksgiving's a little different. But it's, you know, you give yourself a little bit of a break. Uh, but there are plans, the six week plans to get, I said, uniform sleep schedule, uniform diet, uniform uh, workout schedule. All of these things are on the list and they're getting done. They're being implemented. Uh, hopefully landing this Hail Mary makes it a lot easier, but we will see what happens. But yeah, so Thanksgiving, I'm going to eat. I know. I just fucking Thanksgiving. My brother's going to make fucking kugula. He's going to make a turkey. I might make meatballs. Who the fuck knows, man? It's going to be fucking amazing. But I'll tell you this. I discovered this. My buddy wants me to do keto stuff, right? So he's like, you can use butter for keto. Like I can eat keto, like butter with stuff. So I can make eggs in butter. And I just can't eat carbs and, and certain fruits and things like that. But he's like, yeah, you can eat butter. That's totally fine because it's high fat. Dudes. I, I look, I don't even know how to explain this. It's about to get dangerous in here is what it's going to be, because I have discovered something that I did not know existed. You know, I usually just buy the store brand butter. I buy the Kroger butter. I get some salted butter. I come home and I, I, I use that. That's totally fine. I started to buy an off brand of butter. Like it was something with a moose on it. I don't fucking know. But I was like, all right, because it was a full dollar less. And I'm like, all right, I could save a dollar here or there. And you know, that's not me. I told you I'm the Hidden Valley Ranch guy. I'm not the Kraft Ranch guy. I usually don't buy the knockoff brands. I figure it's an extra dollar. It's extra 60 cents. I'm worth it. God damn it. But I saw this butter and I'm like, well, butter's butter. What the fuck am I eating it for? Other than drenching the fuck out of some rye toast or some raviolis and shit. But I mean, there is a difference. Like you can taste like the knockoff butter and it has like kind of an oily taste. It tastes, uh, it tastes like oil where it like vegetable oil. And then when you get regular, like Kroger butter, it's a little better. It's a little better butter, but it's not, uh, it's not your land of lakes, baby. So here's the thing I bought. They had land of lakes on sale. It's like $3 off. Normally it's six twenty nine. Now it's three twenty nine. And I was like, holy fuck. So I bought some land of lakes. I'm like, well, let's see if there's a real difference. Dudes. The Land of Lakes is just, it's a home run compared to the store-bought butter. The Kroger butter can suck my cock because I'm telling you, the fucking Land of Lakes butter, that chick knows what she's doing. Crisscross applesauce, just like talking to me at the beginning of this fucking podcast or in the middle of this podcast, she's getting it done. She's got her fucking arms folded in front of herself. She's like an Indian brave. And uh, I'm sorry we stole her land, but she still gave us great butter and that makes me happy. But then, dudes... Because it's Thanksgiving and I'm gonna be cooking, I'm like, I gotta go shopping, right? And especially I'm changing my diet with this keto thing. I can't be buying fucking chocolate and chips and all sorts of nonsense. I gotta make sure I have stuff to eat in my house for meals. I have to make eggs, I have to make bacon, I have to fucking do all that stuff. Protein, protein, fucking protein. But the butter is important because you cook eggs, you cook whatever the fuck with it. But here's the thing, dudes Land O'Lakes butter was on sale, and then I just noticed there was like a black Land O'Lakes. And I, and I, I don't mean uh, as as far as like nationality or a race. I mean a box, and uh, and she's still on it. It's still the chick, and fucking Sacagawea is there. She's like, eat me, and I'm like, all right. And I look at it, and it's fucking salted, extra creamy European butter, dudes. Why didn't you tell me about European butter? How many people out there were going to tell me? You've been holding this fucking from me for how long? 12 years you've been friends. For 12 fucking years you've known about European butter and you decided not to share it with me? Jesus, I brought it home and I fucking, I, I ate it. I was, it's just, 
It is, it is like, I, it, I imagine it's what comes straight out of the cow's teeth. Like it's just that milk and then they fucking mix it with like gold doubloons and they stir it with a fucking, like a, a, a maestro conductor fucking stick because it is ridiculous. Like butter is butter, whatever the fuck, right? You think that? No, eat fatty European butter. It'll change your goddamn life. You'll do a fucking cartwheel. You don't, and you could never do one before. A somersault, whatever the fuck. You'll eat it. You'll be like, oh, dudes. And you, to the point where you're thinking, you know what? I wonder if I just ate a stick of butter, if that would be healthy. I know, look, we all know it's not healthy. Clearly, that's not good for us. You should not choke down an entire stick of butter just on its own. But you think to yourself, you know what? I can get some popsicle sticks and I can make a decent snack out of this. Just jam it right up the butter's ass and just fucking go to work and chomp the shit out of this stick. Why the fuck not? I'm inventing snacks because fatty European butter is a game changer. Salty Kroger, whatever the fuck. That'll get you through. If you've only got $3.29, buy that stuff. But if you want to bump up to the Land Lakes, that's six bucks. Although it's on sale right now, go grab it. The regular Land Lakes, like I said, with the fucking Sacagawea on the box, that's fine. You can choke that butter down, and it's still, it's much better than Salted Kroger. But holy fuck, the black box, the fucking, it, and it's like the black card. Like, it's like onyx. It's like marble. It's this fucking beautiful black box of butter, and you bring it home. It's like a jewelry box. It should be, there should be a hinge on this box. Fuck cardboard. This should be made out of a fine mahogany. If you're going to store this kind of beautiful butter in there. It's like a cigar. You know what? It's like a butter humidor. You fucking open it up and it's Podcast. Podcast. Podcast.